Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. It's me, Amanda Garcia. <laughs> Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Excitement time. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Pirates, Pirates are going dancing, baby. Champions. They picked us last. They picked us last. And now we're going dancing. We're going dancing. How about those friggin' pirates? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a Victory Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. Online, PR927FM.com, and you can watch the show on facebook live and youtube make sure you are following us on facebook for all of the latest news and notes going on in the pirate nation and beyond and every day we stream pirate radio live so give us a listen give us a like give us a share and your comments and questions uh, are wanted as well same for youtube as we kick off another show robert skipper already in on youtube skip is here Thank you, Robert, and thanks to everybody tuned in to today's show because we have some guests to get to. We got an awesome baseball game to recap and a ton of news and notes to pass along. Shirley Rhodes is here. Chandler Honeycutt is here on a beautiful day in eastern North Carolina. Chandler, I bet you wish you were out there on the links playing a little golf on a pre-Masters Wednesday. No, no doubt about it. Um, par three uh, contest going on today. Uh, it's a beautiful day, at least here in Greenville, North Carolina. It is a beautiful day to be on the links, but uh, no, rather, uh, no place I'd rather be than right here on Pirate Alive with Clip Brock and Shirley Rhodes. Right there in that chair, working your magic. All right, so before we recap what has taken place, we'll give you some updates if you've been. Away from your phone, computer, away from the world, uh, there have been some changes for this weekend. So, big weekend on tap, not only with baseball, but also the 38th annual Purple Gold Pigskin Pig Out Party. And we have an update on the festivities uh, or lack thereof. So, the events in conjunction with the football game are moving. The football game will go on as scheduled at 11 a.m. A mission will be free to Pirate Nation. They are expecting uh, some bad weather this weekend. So all the festivities for the great uh, Pirate Purple Gold Pigskin Pigout Party have been postponed. The Purple Gold Spring Game, once again, will be played. As Mike Houston said a few years ago, we're having a game. We're, we're having a spring game. We're, we're having a game. We're, we're, we're going to be competing. We're going to be physical we're going to be competing we're going to have a game this saturday at 11 o'clock 11 a.m admission is free to pirate nation so all the events with the exception of the pig cooking contest will be moved to april 28th and 29th the pirate club golf classic is going to be friday april 28th 8 30 a.m shotgun start at brook valley that event is sold out and then that saturday april 29th you will have at noon a pirate equipment sale, also lacrosse, taking on James Madison. At 1 o'clock, the kids' zone opens. The car show begins. 
vendor palooza opens touch our trucks begins big one o'clock schedule for the 29th at 2 30 pd will have his birthday party so are they gonna have pd 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 <laughs> that's literally how you said it pd is gonna have his uh, birthday party and i was just classing it up a little bit pd will have his birthday party now was that originally scheduled for this weekend because if so when is pd's birthday i don't know but remember i told you when i was younger i'd go to pd's birth or pd's birthday party and uh, it was a great time i, I guess it's going to be canceled with literally all the events besides the spring game this weekend so i'm assuming it will be moved to that weekend uh the 28th 29th uh, around there where all the golf tournament and you know all that other stuff so um what a fun event that is pd's birthday party what uh when's your birthday chandler uh september 24th all right what if we went what if we said chandler um it's gonna rain this weekend Mm -hmm. so we're gonna push your birthday back to october 17th is that cool Uh, no i mean i mean come on sure why not i guess the anticipation of what what's one more what presents i'm going to get what cake i'm going to get who's going to show up at my birthday party i guess uh that excitement would build over the next few weeks other than my birthday all right well uh, pd aka pd is just <laughs> gonna have to wait uh until the 29th also on that day it'll be ecu baseball taking on Tulane at four o'clock hello. glory glory will be in town hello uh, happy birthday pd the pirate pd <laughs> pd uh, so there is your update when it comes to spring football. The game is on. They're, they're going to play a freaking game. We're, we're having a freaking game. We're having a freaking game. We're going to rise to the standard. The pig cooking contest um, will go on this weekend, and everything else moved to the 28th, 29th. Golf on the 28th, all those other events on the 29th. Now, there has been a schedule change for baseball this weekend. was supposed to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Instead, we will have a doubleheader beginning at 2 o'clock on Thursday. Second game, 45 minutes after the conclusion of game one. So, the series is set to conclude on Friday at a time to be determined. So, no time yet for Friday as they're still trying to work around this weather. But they are scheduled to play two coming up on thursday so uh we'll do a little watch along action chandler yeah i'm, uh, I'm down with that here on a thursday edition of pirate radio live watching pirate baseball because uh anyway right now anyway we are fired up for pirate baseball after what transpired last night at clark leclerc stadium the epitome of a midweek game a lot of offense and not a ton of good pitching uh, but there was some good pitching, and we'll highlight uh, Jake Hunter in a moment. But 13 to nine Pirates over the Wolfpack last night. East Carolina had been struggling during the midweek. They had been struggling overall, losing two out of three to Houston and having a losing week last week. But man, the bats got rolling last night. Namely, Jacob Jenkins Cowart, a three home run night for JC. First, a three home run game for a Pirate. One of my Clark all-time since Corey Kemp, who uh, ironically, coincidentally, um, called tw- out JC, tweeted about Jacob Jenkins Cowart and his trot around the bases in a loss last midweek. He admitted it last night on Twitter. He said, I got on JC last week in a midweek game 
where the Pirates were down uh, quite a few runs uh, doing the – which he does every single home run. He did it three times last night yeah. in the win over NC State where he kind of does the uh, discount double check, but it, it's, it's across the chest, across the Pirates, or in, in last night's case, the ECU and the, and the pinstripes. And he, he was tough on JC last night, but last night he had some high praise. He said when you're hitting three home runs in a game, he said slow trot around those bases. All night long. I yeah. I mean, I, I I hate the home run police. They had that that idiot Zach who was uh, getting on JC last night. He said, "Well, well, now you can do your whatever you want to around the bases." So I don't know. Just whatever. People. He said, he said that too. Yeah. Oh wow. My I, and Corey I Kemp an idiot? sarcastically said, "I disagree." <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> he should. Still, I think you should go around the bases at a he, respectful pace to the opponent and have a facial expression that says, "My dog just died." Um, That's how you should celebrate. A like home run. the one, though, the the two so that he had. So there's no trash we, talking on a baseball field. No, the the two that he had where we were up in the game, but now the one where we tied it, we were not in the lead. So I think he should have literally walked around the bases with his tail tucked between his legs. Google like 1912 baseball and just look at the team photo. That's how. That's the good old days of baseball, where everybody looked completely miserable, like they just looked like that they hated living. That's how we should do it. No fun, no smiles, no celebrations, just miserable. Let's all be miserable. Can I stop the negativity right now? Yes. And can I be the PRL police? Yes. Did you mention the great guest that we're going to have on on today's show? I did not. Coming up, three twenty-five. He's been known to be miserable at times. Ken Watlington will join us. We'll talk all things sports with Ken Watlington. Patrick Mason will brighten the mood. Soup Boy will be here at 4 o'clock. Josh Groves, Pirate starter, will join us coming up at 5 o'clock. And at 5.30, who is that voice coming out of those PA speakers? That's not Morgan Aylers or Clip Brock or Shirley Rhodes or Chandler Honeycutt. And show your pirate pride. It's Ron Berenger. Uh, who has some golden pipes. Uh, he was there doing the PA last night. You've heard him do uh, women's basketball for East Carolina. Does a lot of things at different schools and different arenas and ballparks. And uh, we'll get to know him. We'll talk to him today. So I wanted to get him on because he does both state and East Carolina games. And um, I, we'll ask him his thoughts on last night and get to know him a little bit. So Ron coming up in hour three along with Josh Gross. Patrick Mason, Hour 2, Ken Watlington, Hour 1. Thank you for being the PRL police. No problem. I just wanted, before we get into the depths of what a great win that was last night, to knock off the uh, midweek curse, I would say, to get the monkey off the back. As one reporter said last night, I just wanted to highlight some of the awesome guests we were going to have on our Wednesday edition of PRL. So congratulations to you naming uh naming those guys your sentences go on forever they just never stop sorry i meant to say that in my brain not out loud well uh, well you just said it out loud I and did. I, my feelings are hurt i apologize i mean i'm just a guy talking on the radio that tries to you know talk on a sports talk radio because i mean oh, it's now they're, me. they're, they're sports it's and then the, the other thing with between sports and radio is talk put and a I'm, period in I'm, there i'm trying to talk a little bit no for more sure in terms of you're using semicolons way too much you got to get a period on that man put some period on it 
Sorry. Something about a early evening, late afternoon Josh Moylan home run against an ACC opponent to get the party started. He's sassy. Who is Josh Moylan? He's sassy. How he, so? Well, one, he got tossed uh, after the Campbell game in Fedville. Yeah. Got a little chirpy with the umpire. Mm-hmm. Last night, he was fired up. He mm. was. Uh, I mean, Josh Moylan when he comes in here on a Monday. During Pirate Radio Live, he seems like a laid-back, chill guy that doesn't want to, you know, show a lot of emotion. But he has showed a lot of emotion, especially this year in in a couple of uh, situations, like the ones I said uh, against Campbell. And then last night, he was fired up, getting the Pirates on the board early, one to nothing against NC State. All right. Sorry, are you tired? No, that, 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 you did okay there. I feel like it could have been cut down a little bit. I love talking. Yeah, yeah, and we love listening to you. I uh, I stopped by my parents last night on the way home. And what do they say about me? My dad is a big Chandler fan. Loves um, the banner. Like you, um, you're, you're you've gotten quicker witted. Uh, just likes your input. Likes you on the show. So my dad's a big Chandler fan. Well, thanks, Clip. Not you, your father. My father. Uh, Steven's just tuning in and says when uh no he is not he is not tuned in he's probably tuned in to his baby girl right about now cannon um steven says when is the equipment sale well if you're just tuning in like steven in the last three to four minutes the equipment sale will be saturday at noon saturday april 29th that is saturday april 29th at noon I'm receiving word for from John Moody, who works over at ECU, uh, says now the pig cook-off has been canceled as well. So Dang it. we will try to uh, confirm that, but John's a pretty good source on matters going on over there. So um, I love parades, Yeah, but damn, I love parades of pigs. I'm trying to remember what mitch hedberg said about parade something i know he said if you want to um if the parade is boring and you want to fast forward it just walk in the opposite direction the parade's coming (laughs) (laughs) what a legend mitch hedberg he is if you've never heard of mitch hedberg you need to look him up yeah i guess i'll have to look him up you never heard of mitch hedberg oh that dude had a delivery like no one else i'm receiving multiple sources anybody remember troy dreyfus i've heard the name <laughs> but I have mean, you, uh, if i saw him i probably would know you heard the name have you heard his game <laughs> hey come on troy d the pig cook-off has been canceled for now what does he know what is <laughs> for now <laughs> chandler what is he know? i need to be careful he actually was just in the studio while I mean, so you're, you're a little salty. Slap me. He's actually you're a tad bit salty today. Part owner of Pirate Radio and could cut you at any moment. That's true. Yeah. Love you, Troy. <clears throat> <laughs> all right. That's too much. So uh, we got all that out. Oh, what I was saying about Josh Moylan. Remember the home run against Virginia? Yes. They got the party rolling. That kind of reminded regional? me of that last Did night. it? Yes. Because that's what I was getting at. So I'm glad it reminded you of that. Because I agree. That's why I brought it up. Uh, that home run got the party started against the Cavs, got the party started. And, boy, what a home run party it was last night. What was that scoff you made? 
No, I'm I'm agreeing. There, <laughs> there was a lot of runs. There was 11 runs scored in like an inning and a half. All right. No, I see what no, you I were doing mean, there. That wasn't you're, like you're, a, you're doing like, you, you ain't lying type of thing. Yeah. Like a, <sighs> my God. But I was, I was in the middle of rolling there, and Sorry. I heard a very loud audible scoff. But it was right. an agreement scoff. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Not all scoffs are the same, folks. <laughs> Some scoffs are different than others. I'm scared to get going now because I feel like you're going to jump in. Because you are all up on that mic today. You are hovering around that mic. <laughs> Dinger for Moylan. Dinger times three for Jacob Jenkins Coward. We had Star Bomb number five, Jacob Starling, going deep. Shaq Fu, Joey Barini with the bomb. How about Barini last night? Two for four, three knocked in, two runs scored. The hit parade for the Pirates, a beautiful thing in the 13-9 victory. There was an inning, Chandler. You were there. I was not. Where State had, was it seven straight singles? Yeah. I believe they finished the game with they 13 the hits. Yeah. This is the most awkward open we've ever done. You want to talk on top of me. I give you a chance to talk, and there's just complete silence. Unbelievable! <laughs> we need a timeout. Sorry. No, it's it's probably not you. Part of it's me. But something's off with us, Chandler. Is everything okay behind the scenes? Uh, Shirley, are you Shirley, okay? are you good? No, I was trying to hit this. Tabas Chilea. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good reset. Bryce trying to think of the uh, R&B hip-hop group TLC from the 90s saying Tabas Chilea. Tabas Chilea. But I will say that there was like 11, sco- uh, 11 runs scored in like an inning and a half there in that in the middle of that baseball game last night. Most of those, ga- uh, most of those runs that were scored were on two outs. Uh, the Wolfpack should have been out of that inning, I believe, in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, a ball was caught off in shallow left field. It was not caught by the left fielder. Pirates went on to score five runs in that bottom half of the inning. And then what does State do? They answer with five runs of their own, and they take a seven to six lead. Uh, and then, I mean, and I want to say that all of their runs were scored with two outs. Landon Ginn came in and looked great with his first two batters faced. And then next thing you know, five runs were scored for the Wolfpack, and they take a lead seven to six. Uh, JC comes up and ties the ball game uh, at seven, and and then it continued to be a slugfest uh, from there on out. That it was. Jake Hunter, great performance last night for the Pirates. He gave up a two-run homer in the ninth, correct? Yes. And that was the only, really, issues he had all night. Four and a third, two runs allowed on three hits, five strikeouts, a very kind of calm, stable um, presence from him on the mound to get the Pirates out of that game, and he earned the win going to two and one on the year. All right, uh, that is our Flight by Yingling ECU report. We've got a lot more on that because we have comments from Cliff Godwin, Jacob Jenkins Coward, Jake Hunter, also Mike Houston. So we'll get to some of that later on in today's show. Adam says Chandler's trying to get some more airtime practice before his potential replacement duty. Who said that? Adam. Adam Runfala. 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 Tabastulia. <laughs> Uh, speaking of duty, I got jury duty coming up. Ooh. So we might have to have Chandler fill in. When is that? 
Uh, that is Monday the 17th. So, uh, oh, that sucketh. Maybe we get uh, more Chandler Honeycutt. We shall see. How do you feel about that? The question is, sure. do we want more Chandler Honeycutt? That's I don't a- think you do because uh, you have said when I'm not on this show, I'm out doing work in Fayetteville and I hear you say that I tank shows and you call me <laughs> Scrappy Doo. That hurt my feelings. That did so actually I would say that, happen. I would say that you are the one that doesn't want me to be the host of the show. I can't. I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Do we have Chandler move over seat, and we have Shirley Rhodes? I mean, we could do a three-hour version of Name That Sound. <laughs> <laughs> sound after sound after sound, sound after, after sound. sound. Um, or yeah, I could just get released. I could say something uh, explosive, and everybody kick me out of jury duty. Like, I hate all genders, all races, all people. Can you just go to the courthouse and say, do you know who I am? <laughs> That's what I think he needs to say. Every question asked. Sir, are you a Pitt County resident? Do you speak English? Your little laugh at the end is the best part of that. Well, yeah. I Do it again. I just... That was, uh, you know, of all the things that I thought Bryce would say in that moment. It wasn't that? It definitely wasn't that. I was really trying to serve up TLC. You did. You said, T-Boz, left eye, chili. Tabastalia. he said, what? Tabastalia. <laughs> Chad says we should uh, have a guest host like me. Should we have a listener come in and host the show? I think we should have Corey Gore come in and host the show. Ah. Come in from New Orleans. <laughs> Fly him in. Yeah. Fly host him the in. show. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Unbelievable. Chad, you will never sit in one of these chairs. What about Patrick Mason? I think he'd be a good guest host. That'd be cool. That'd we'll be do fun. Soup Talk That'd with so Patrick. Fun. We'll so uh, break out the ladles, folks. Welcome into Soup Talk. He's like uh, with Patrick Mason. Sweaty Balls. Yes. Saturday Night Live. Sweaty Balls. Back in the day. All right, let's get a break in. Our uh, guest has arrived. He is Ken Watlington, WNCT. Maybe he can guest host. Channel 9. And uh, he doesn't know this. This is an audition for him to guest host while Uh I have jury duty. We'll see how he does. All right, Robert Skipper is on one today. My goodness. Thank you, Skip, for hanging out with us. We'll take a break. Come back. Pirate Radio Live rolls on. Ken Watlington joins us when we return after these words.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. And there's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a lovely Wednesday. Sports trivia tonight at AJ McMurphy's at 8 o'clock. We will have a Masters round coming up tonight. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, even if you don't know golf, you'll have an opportunity to get some of the answers right because one of the categories is, or one of the questions, create a Masters champion. And I give you the year they won and a clue on their first name and last name. For example, um, 2014, his first name is the same first name as the NASCAR driver that drove the McDonald's car. And his last name is Sherlock Holmes's partner maybe is that going any is that ringing bells for anybody the answer will be bubba watson i think i did that right um that sigh you hear is ken watlington who was <laughs> thinking about it in his sports brain Took how'd you do on that one kid <laughs> yeah i did not get that at you all. didn't get that no. okay uh but once you see it have a chance to think about it talk about it you'll get it so we'll have fun uh fun tonight at eight o'clock ken watlington is here Joining us on the program, Ken, great to see you. How you doing, man? Doing well. Braves are doing well, so that always helps the mood, and I know you're happy about that, too. Do a Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update. <laughs> Matt Olson, basically five, uh, St. Louis one. <laughs> Matt Olson is having him a day. He's got three RBIs, another home run. Basically, Acuna hits a single, Olson drives him in. That is the uh, the offense, at least for today, but the Braves are cooking right now. Fun to see. And this is a day after Matt Olson struck out four times. That's how dangerous this lineup is (laughs) because one through nine, somebody's going to be hot every game just about because they're that potent. Yeah. Today it's it's medals. Beating up on the Cardinals today. I did not look. uh, Burley was in the lineup a couple of games uh, where he's in the lineup Uh, today. Yeah, he's one for three today. Yep. And they're facing uh, Bryce Elder, I believe, started today. Went at least five. Uh, and yesterday it was some guy named Dodd. Dodd, yeah. Uh, MLB. Dodd, yeah. Uh, it's create your own player. Insert. Yeah. I'm a lot like you, kid. I'm very. Um, I, I think that I jinx my teams. <laughs> I, I believe that I have like an ability to affect the outcome of games right. my yeah. teams play. With the Braves, I, I'm very cocky and confident. If, if they ever bring up a guy I've never heard of to make his MLB debut. You can chalk that up as a win. Oh, yeah. They win every time. Um, I'm, I'm except. Very, except. Sunday. Oh, yeah. That's, well, it, so I, Mackenzie Gore faced Schuster right. in his debut. You're right. You Schuster right. gave up four in the first, and that's all they gave up the whole game. He was yeah. pretty good after that. Yeah. The bats just didn't get anything going. See, that's the he's the negative guy. I'm the positive I'm the negative guy. guy. Well, opening day when Max Fried, you know, pulls up with the, the yeah. lame hammy, I'm like, that's it. Season's over. <laughs> We're done. Ken is uh, a classic game over, season over guy very early on in a game and a season. So, Ken, uh, (laughs) people know you at this point from being on the news, being involved in sports. You've been on the Brian Bailey Show. Uh, But for folks that don't know, you're a a Seahawk. I am. 
uh, from UNCW. Graduate from the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, back in the, uh, let's say, late 90s. All right. Late 90s. Not quite early uh, 2000s when UNCW lost to Maryland on a buzzer beater. I in was in attendance for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Drew Painful. Nicholas. Yeah. Was that the year after Maryland won the championship? It was, yes. Yeah. So, uh, and you the were, year after Wilmington won a game in the tournament, they beat USC in the first round uh in 2002 out in california and i believe i just saw uncw is getting their entire starting five back for next year yep uh-huh. which is like if we said that 30 years ago it'd be like well of course now you now say it's, like, it, it's well, a rarity they did lose two guys to the transfer portal uh guys in their top probably seven uh but neither one of them really a starter and uh, yeah all the starters are coming back uh, a couple of bench players is the kid from south central still there or is... he is still there wow, yes okay. he, he'll there'll be his fifth year and I think he could play one more year. Phillips. Shaquem Phillips. Shaquem yep. Phillips. Yep. Uh, good stuff. So uh, he is a Seahawk. He roots for the Braves. Uh, you as are, most people should. As you, yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, NFL. We're the are same you? In this yeah, team? Commanders. Yeah. 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 Uh, new owner coming. That's exciting. Is it you? It's not me. But I if do it was not you, what have, would you do? What would I do? You would not buy the Commanders. I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm wondering, should, uh, do we need to do another rebrand? <laughs> it's been one season. I said no, just leave it alone. And then I saw a tweet that said, what team has the best helmet in the NFC? And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. That's cool. And we just have this lame W. And I'm like, we at least need a logo other than a W. It's lame. you like you're going to disagree. I don't know yet. You don't know yet? It's been 17 games. You you've seen the W for yeah, seventeen games. So, but if they win, then it becomes a W for a win. I think they should have just stuck with Washington football team. I agree. It was unique. It's so generic. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. And they made the playoffs as a, as the Washington football. That's team. That's right. Didn't even need to have a winning record. Seven just and nine. Got in anyway. <laughs> Almost beat Tom Brady with Taylor yeah. Heineke. Uh, I am excited for. So we we just got through with March Madness and. That and the, I guess the first weekend of NFL, which would coincide with the second week of college football, best times of the sports year for me, favorite times. Um, so there's like a kind of a depression, a sports depression when you get out of the tournament. But uh, you're seeing Masters commercials, got yeah. the Masters coming up if you're into that. We are just a couple of weeks away, um, less than even from like NHL and NBA playoffs. Yeah. I haven't watched the NBA all year because the Hornets are god-awful, and so I'll watch the NBA playoffs. You've got the NFL draft coming up, which I think is going to be very exciting this year with the uncertainty at what the quarter, how the quarterbacks are going to go. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, if that thing rolls on, that could lead to a huge Where trade. Where will he be? Will he play at all? Right, yeah. And so there is, I guess I'm speaking for, and of course, ECU baseball and, and all that going on. Still plenty. It's still a good time of the sports calendar, despite the March Madness coming to an end. Yeah, I feel like every time where you're thinking that, like, oh, there's not much to look forward to, it's like, oh, baseball, this is fun. Oh, the draft's coming up. There's, there's always something, except uh, what's the one day of the year? And like after the, after the All-Star, All-Star game. game, there's nothing. And we play uh, Pirate Radio Live Survivor on that day here on oh, the show. We got, we'll put Ken in the game this year, see how he does. Uh, I will lose. Are you a Survivor watcher on CBS? I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I got into it pretty late. It's not too late, Ken. I feel like I, I watched the first one whenever that was. Oh, yeah? That was 23 years it ago. It was a long time yeah. ago. And it's pretty much the same every year. <laughs> but uh, for whatever reason, it gets me. All right, so... Uh, 
Ken, what uh, I don't know. On that note, what are you looking forward to the most? What are you following the most right now in the sports world? Braves? Uh, yeah, baseball for sure. I mean, you got ECU here locally. Big win for them last night. Uh, doubleheader now tomorrow. Uh, you got the Down East Wood Ducks starting their season tomorrow. And there's the drama, you know, brewing behind the scenes. Will they even be here in a couple of years? Yeah. What is the uh, what are the other options there? Potentially. Uh, all right. So uh, you got Leland down. Uh, it's a suburb of Wilmington, growing area, one of the quickest growing you know towns in, in the nation. And I guess the Texas Rangers, who owns the Down East Wood Ducks, approached the town of Leland saying, hey, we want to build a stadium here and bring a team. Well, the first thought is, well, that's going to be the Down East Wood Ducks. And yeah. Obviously, they're, you know, if you're going to build a new stadium, you're going to move a team from a stadium that's 70, 80 years old. Well, they said, no, no, it's going to be an independent team. On the surface, to me, that sounds a little fishy. <laughs> okay. Like, why would a major league franchise want to own an independent team? Yeah. That's not affiliated with the major league team. So, and, and it, that's that's what they're going with. And obviously, this is in way preliminary discussions. May not happen. I sw- and it seemed like, and not always, but like these ML, MI, uh, minor league teams were always somewhat regional with the major league team. Right. Like, you had the Rome Braves and the, uh, wasn't there a team in South Carolina, the Greenville Braves, yep. I believe. And now uh, the Augusta Green Jackets are the other Braves affiliate. The uh, Gwinnett, Gwinnett is a team. So they got all, they got three right there. Mississippi, I mean, that's probably the furthest away, which is only, you know, a state so and a half over. My question is, why are these Texas folks coming in here to <laughs> Eastern North Carolina so much? It's uh, And they have a team in Hickory. In Hickory, right. Yeah. right. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know the way it works. I'm glad we have a team locally. It's always yeah. fun to go out to a minor league game, not necessarily to see the stars of tomorrow, but to get some cheap food on a on a nice day when it's you know nice and warm and you know adult beverage or two, and it's relatively inexpensive, yeah. even though it's not as cheap as it used to be. Yeah, family friendly out there with the Woody, so uh, go have a good time yeah. at historic Granger Stadium this summer and catch some wood ducks baseball uh william says was there a war at clark leclerc last night because the pirates were <laughs> dropping bombs oh. well said william it first was. three home run game for a pirate player since 2008 Is yeah right? Corey kemp pirate catcher did it in 2008 you would think that would happen in college baseball more often yeah uh, yeah especially that era well, which I guess it might have been around that time or before when Eric, the ball was just flying out of right. the yard and they changed the they bats, changed the, bats yeah. changed the ball, changed everything. Uh, East Messed Car- it all up. East Carolina has been a little void of power for the most part this year, but uh, the bats woke up last night. Brandon Manning, former Pirate, who we talked to on Thursdays, and he'll come in here tomorrow and say, when the weather heats up, the bats heat up. And he's not wrong. I I guess maybe we saw a case of that last night. You know, after last week, when you can say it was a down week for East Carolina, at least by their standards, a lot of teams are going through uh, stretches where they lose two games in the conference. And uh, but boy, what a bounce back! I mean, that's that's a way to kind of break out of a slump, at least a little mini slump. And as we said, a doubleheader coming up on Thursday, two o'clock, East Carolina. And UCF will play game one 45 minutes after the conclusion of that game two. Friday, we'll see. They, they said they're <laughs> going to try to play Friday. Time, we don't know. Also, if you're just tuned in, uh, Brian Bailey's favorite weekend, the great pirate purple gold pigskin pig out party. Uh, he says it better than I and everyone else. Uh, but that uh, has had some changes as well. They yes. are going to have the spring game at 11. But outside of that, all the events have been moved to Saturday the 29th. And also to go with the spring game, uh, WNCT, in partnership with ECU Sports Properties, was putting together a pregame show to, to air live on WNCT.com. 
that uh, is kind of up in the air. It may not happen because it's tough when you were expecting a couple thousand people for a spring game. Yeah. When it's going to be nasty weather, they're going to try to play through it. Not going to be as many people out there for that. So uh, that's TBD, but looking like, like that won't happen. So that's, thanks a lot, Mother Nature. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, cool idea. Maybe the start of something yep. new. Uh, maybe this football season or baseball. Who knows? All of it. Yeah. You've Every got, sport. I love Brian Bailey uh, becoming one with technology. I like that. <laughs> Let's be honest. They, we're just putting a microphone in front of him, and he's talking. The te- technological part, he doesn't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> Ken Watlington joining us here on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Live. Ken, uh, quick question. <laughs> okay. Did Angel Reese ruin sports for everyone? No. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, no, All right. No, just curious. No. Yeah. I, I think we... We're not over that, I know. Like we are, but the world is not. Uh, you would hope when Caitlin Clark came out and said, hey, "It's cool, it's cool. sports." You know, she was like, she was great to me in the handshake line. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, everything's good. We don't hate each other. Uh, that is that's kind of a ceasefire. No, not for uh, for people out there. Boy, I mean, uh, there's some there's some passion on that topic, though, for sure. Question two is: Is Hubert Davis worse than Matt Doherty coaching basketball? There's an argument to be made. <laughs> uh, if he goes eight and twenty this year, I think he'll say yes. You know, Matt Doherty went eight and twenty in his second year, uh, in his third year made the NIT and didn't have a fourth year. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's different about this whole situation is when Matt Doherty got fired at Carolina, Roy Williams came back. If you fire Hubert Davis, who is coming in? Matt Doherty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you got to give him another year. I'm interested to see what happens with the um, and and I'm not like kicking out Hubert Davis. I'm certainly not kicking out John Shire. But at what point do they uh, Duke and Carolina go away from the family, if ever? I mean, we might be on our deathbed and it'd still be a Duke Carolina guy in there. And the thing with Carolina, Hubert, you know, took pride when he took over, saying that all of his assistants played at Carolina. So you've got the head coach, all your assistants are all in the Carolina quote unquote family. I think that may change quicker than the head coach will change. He'll well, try it's to the first thing that happens, right? An assi- yeah, it's always the, the assistants. The assistants fault. go, and then like your coordinators go in football, yeah. and then so yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. You bring in uh, somebody else in that regard, and uh, before you yourself are fired. But how about uh, your old boy Keats uh, there in Raleigh? Did an awesome job in Wilmington. He did. I was shocked when I looked. I guess I shouldn't be shocked at what fans say. Um, <laughs> I am a fan, and I have said some awful things about ron rivera and i love the guy right um but i go to pack pride like pre-tournament and when patrick ewing got fired and they said man i really hope keats takes this georgetown job get him the heck out of here and i'm like wait you're going to the tournament you had a pretty good year like what's going on they and i know that that portion of the message board doesn't speak for the fan base i talked to david glenn about it and he said yeah there's probably a, a decent section of pack fans that despite the tournament despite you know winning some games this year they want a new head coach in there my question to that is who are you gonna who? get yeah kevin keats is a great recruiter a great evaluator of talent uh 
some state fans will argue, you know, maybe he's not the best X's and O's mm-hmm. type of guy. But you know what? In the ACC, where things are up and down these days and kind of uncertain with the changes at Duke and Carolina and Wake Forest and now Syracuse, you know, he's building something good. He had a once-in-a-generation player into Cravion Smith from Farville Central who meshed really well with Jarkel Joyner, who they got out of the transfer portal. Both of them will be gone next year. So, yeah, what can he do next year? How, how is he going to recruit? I mean, he's, he's already got a big-time guy coming in year after next from here in the state of North Carolina uh, as a high school player. But, you know, how is he going to do in the portal, and can he continue that success? Yeah. I think he can. And you yeah. just uh, – how many times, Ken, does the hot seat – the fans put on a coach match the hot seat or cool seat right. that the administration has on a coach. And I don't know how how close they are to matching right now. And, you know, you talk about the state fans wanting, you know, I wish Kevin Keats would take the Georgetown job. Why would he take the Georgetown job? It's not what it was in the 80s and 90s. Well, Ed Cooley took it. Um, that's, true. that's true. He and thinks why, it might be. And, and why? maybe you could say Georgetown's a better job than Providence. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a better job at this point. Facilities-wise, fan-base-wise, the North Carolina State. Yeah. We had Mike Schwartz on the show uh, yesterday coming off his first year at East Carolina. And what is a good year with ECU basketball? That's for every you know fan observer to decide. Uh, but finishes with a conference tournament win. Had some key, some some good wins against good teams. Uh, Toledo, Cincinnati, and Tulane, to, to name a few. And now his job is keeping Ezra Ozar here, R.J. Felton, Brandon Johnson, those guys around, and adding talent via the portal and high school. Got a 6'11 kid coming in in high school. Got a local kid from Goldsboro uh, right. coming in as well, yep. uh, which gets fans excited. So uh, year one of Mike Schwartz in the books, I would say majority of Pirate fans are very pleased with the way it is trending with him. And I got to tell you, from our job, Ken, talk, and we – interview folks and want to get some truth out of him want to get good conversation he's about the best there is at talking to yeah. so i'll give him that he has a great interview and, and and you have to think year one is successful especially in this age of the transfer portal and you you lose a guy who goes on to be a star in the national championship game uh i do wonder you know if, if you're an ecu guy and you see what tristan newton did it's like hey well, can that be me you know, if I, if a, of if course, a, if a that's spot natural. Comes open yeah, at, at you know Georgetown or, or someone in the Big East or something like that. So uh, obviously, you know, not trying to run anybody off. No, no, give any ideas. It, but, but boy, he made a he made a name for himself this year. That's the reality. I guess what you do in that situation is throw out the list of seventy five guys that transferred and didn't do much after they left ECU. Yeah. So hey, there's a, a pros and cons to all this. Tristan Newton, a special case, uh, as he joined a very good roster. And a maniac who's a coach, but a very good coach, uh, and Dan yeah. Hurley. I like Dan Hurley. I do, too. I, I like his uh, controlled, uh, insane <laughs> ability there on the side. There's one particular reason I like Dan Hurley. I saw uh, something on Twitter back in January, February, where he uh, was not very polite about one of the referees. The referee's name is Jeff Anderson. I've, I've had some run-ins personally with this with this uh, particular referee as a fan <laughs> at some UNC Wilmington games. Uh, he came up to, into the crowd and taunted the students during the CAA tournament last year. The, the, the official. Now, what do you mean by taunted? Let's get this. Like he walked two steps into the crowd. was like pointing at people and like yelling at like, yeah. like college kids. Right. So I'm yelling at him. He comes there and starts yelling at me. There's an older gentleman, <laughs> an elderly gentleman. He kicked him out of the game for talking to him. Wow. It's like, okay, let's let's worry about what's on the court. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Dan so called the him uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, yes, or exactly. <laughs> and he, he said, uh, called him an expletive moron. 
I was like, I like this guy. He speaks his mind. Yeah. And he's not wrong. I like to, and we've heard millions of coaches do this, but um, Dan Hurley, there's a, a video that was floating around early on, I think the first year in the Big East, they had just lost, and he said, get us now. Yeah. We're coming. And he was not lying. And the, the weird thing is, you know, they started out Big East play this year. Maybe they had six oh, yeah. losses out of eight games or something. It's like, oh, man, maybe they're not going to be that good. I believe they did not lose a non-conference they did game not. all year. And speaking of my Seahawks, they played Wilmington maybe the third game of the season. I'm like, maybe Wilmington's got a chance because UConn at that point was unranked. They did not have a chance. Yeah. I'm like, man, this team this team's pretty legit. And I uh, come to find out they uh, they were the national champions. I'm so. thinking UNCW, ECU, and just about everybody else is going to have trouble uh, finding a guy to guard Sonogo and do anything with yeah, him. He's, on a, the he's, a, he's a handful. And then the uh, the other freshman <clears throat> big guy they got was really good. And then they got great guard play. And you know they've got a you know a guy like Calcaterra who came off the bench. You know was a, a star at the mid major level out west. He comes in only plays 15 minutes a game. He every game I watch of them this season he made two or three big threes. So I'm like that was, that was a really good team. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up you got one more segment in you a few more minutes you need as long as i'm <laughs> in studio to do the news at five o'clock all right well uh we'll get you out of here in It'll, 10 minutes hopefully traffic's okay yeah there you go uh we'll get a greenville traffic report when we <laughs> return more with ken wallington we'll wrap up hour number one after this Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thinking about takeout tonight? Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit familianc.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order. Order online at six or call 689-6330 and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family from Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, having audio issues on our video side. And we're aware of it. We're just working on it right now. I'm kind of having to do... Uh, multiple things over here. I sound like Charlie Brown, like the uh, person on the phone in the Charlie Brown cartoon. But uh, hopefully you hear this loud and clear on the radio side. Uh, Shirley Rhodes doing triple duty, and Patrick Mason joining us here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Patrick, how you doing? Pretty good. I'm just doing single duty today. Yeah, you look a little <laughs> bit Easterish with your shirt. That's right. I might have broke us out a little too early. Not quite as maybe pastel as it could yeah. be for Easter, but a uh, nice. Um, what color is that bad bad boy? I don't know. Maybe salmony. Salmony. I, I might be able to break it out on Sunday again. Dark salmon, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to Sunday, Easter. Got uh, my wife will be cooking up a spread. Got the invite to the parents. Uh, nice. So just a lot of good eating, a lot of good family time. And uh, I guess some masters as well uh, coming up on Sunday if you're into it. I am 
I'll watch it. I'll have more of an interest in it if I join a pool. And I'm waiting for Mike Mullis. Are we going to get in that <laughs> that Masters pool? I, I don't have anything going right now, so I need to uh, to get in a pool of some sort. But Patrick, uh, you a golfer? You a Masters guy? You looking forward to it at all? Yeah, I'm a Sunday Masters watcher. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tune in on Sunday if it's close and, and watch that. But yeah, I'm not going to like follow all day long on thursday and all the way through i got some friends who do that just you know watch every every single hole and i I can't get into that like that yeah it's uh it's boring to play to me and it's boring to watch yeah that's uh, where i'm in and i'm a big like after the cut guy right like just see all right who's in it the last couple days and i'll watch that but yeah i I can't do it all the way through i will be rooting for ecu's own harold varner the third and uh some amazing quotes coming out from Harold Varner today in uh, an article, I believe, that was in the Washington Post. Yeah. Um, and Harold said, quote, uh, it was about, you know, why do you join the live? Are, are you are you trying to grow the game? And Harold said, um, they're full of bleep. They're growing their pockets. You didn't come here to effing grow the game. Uh, it's about the money good that, that is the most refreshing thing i've ever heard from a golfer on that tour from an athlete at yeah, all period right that's that's incredible right is an athlete just that dude speaking his mind telling the truth because that's what it is there's no way they're growing the game with live he said it right <laughs> away generational wealth for him and his family and he has taken it and he worked on his golf game all these years to put him in a position where he can earn enough money from it to take care of his family for like you said generations yeah. so it, he is on the open up with it folks it's not about growing the game it's not about anything it's about that check and helping out his family that is incredible i mean as a consumer of sports that's all we want right just for these athletes just to be real and just say stuff and it just makes it interesting and this dude is just telling telling how, like it is yeah that's awesome so uh, i'll be rooting for harold and his second masters made the cut last year uh, and he'll be in his second one coming up on Thursday as he tees off uh, just after the 12 o'clock hour. So we'll keep you up to date on that. And we'll be keeping you up to date on ECU baseball coming up Thursday. It's going to be a busy one with a double double header scheduled beginning at 2 o'clock on Thursday. And Patrick, before we get there, we can recap last night. That was some fun midweek offensive baseball <laughs> And uh, Josh Moylan kind of got the party started uh, with the Dingers, and it didn't stop from there. Uh, so how about that game last night at Clark LeClaire? Yeah, that was fun. Uh, so Jacob jenkins Cowart with three home runs, all coming in his last three at-bats. Um, I mean, he was just – I mean, I guess they all were. They had six home runs. Like you said, Moylan started it off. Barini hit another one. Uh, Jacob Starling, jenkins Cowart with three. So, yeah, it was fun to watch the offense kind of like – just almost like break out in a little bit. You know, I know they got a really good record, but this was like a wow, like – all right, this offense is figuring it out. They're hitting the ball hard against a good team, so it was fun to see. Ebbs and flows in that one yesterday. So you had East Carolina getting off to the one nothing lead. Uh, State took a lead. Pirates took a lead back. State took the lead back. Uh, East Carolina took the lead. And so just lead changes. It was like a basketball yeah. game with all the lead changes. So how about the – I don't know if momentum was ever a thing yesterday because it kept shifting so much, but the back and forth, there were times where – uh, the Pirates in the fifth, fourth inning were ready to start celebrating a win. Then <laughs> NC State comes right back. So, how about that part of the uh, game last night? Yeah. So let me. So when NC State scored their five runs, they did it off of seven consecutive singles with two outs, which just by itself is in, impressive. You know, like it's just hard to hit the ball seven straight times and not get out in baseball. 
right? So to do that, all singles after two outs, I mean, that, that was pretty great. And they get up by a run just watching that. It's like, man, all right. And then Jacob Jenkins Coward, I think it was at his home run, um, and tied at seven to seven. <clears throat> so just like that, when you you know NC State does this you know miraculous comeback, you know hitting the ball everywhere, boom, it's tied immediately. So yeah, I guess momentum that ended you know right away in the next batter. <laughs> How did uh, let's talk some pitching in this slugfest that we saw last night? Uh, what do you think of Zach Root's three innings for the Pirates? Really good. I, I was impressed. He, he started off the game well, and I think gave him a chance to win. I, I think it was a good performance from him. Um, especially he had some shaky ones there like you know anyone will have you know pitchers get hit around a little bit especially a freshman but yeah i thought he did a really good job today and or yesterday and started him off good and you know jake hunter was, was great yeah it was gonna get in four and a third and he gave up two runs and those came in the ninth inning right yeah, yeah two out with two strikes just gave up a two-run homer so went four full innings before giving up a, a, a run at all uh, so that is a – they need that, I guess, a calming presence up yeah. there, somebody to to silence the state bats, and they found it in Jake Hunter, who we've seen start some of these midweek games. Hunter, Root, uh, Sailor, but it was Root starting and Hunter finishing it last night. Yeah, it was kind of flipped, right? Because I think we've seen Hunter start these games, like you said, and then Root will come and piggyback off that. Um, but Hunter was great. I mean, right away that he had some big sweeping breaking ball that – you know, these kids couldn't touch. So you can tell he had his good stuff early. And I think he faced maybe one more than the minimum through, like, his first four innings. So he, he was really good. 63 pitches for him, 44 for Root, 20 for Ginn. And you start to think about these numbers when you have a doubleheader coming up <laughs> on Thursday. So what is that, you know, going to look like as far as the bullpen goes, Patrick? Yeah, I guess that's another thing where you're lucky you got your, you know, your big starters coming up. Um, you hope they can at least go six. I mean, they've been pretty consistent yeah. doing that, you know, this year. Um, you know, they, I guess they've had some five-inning starts. But, yeah, if you can get them into the six, that'll be huge, especially with a doubleheader. Do you know, uh, do we know the status of Garrett Saylor, how he's doing health-wise right now? You know, I, I didn't ask. I'll have to ask Cliff uh, on Thursday. I did ask about Justin Wilcoxon. Yeah. Um, kind of a, you know, day-to-day sort of thing with him because um, he, didn't, he didn't play over the weekend. Um, and they already are kind of thin at catcher. You know, Ryan McChrystal started the couple weeks to start the year. He wasn't playing. And now Wilcoxon. So, uh, yeah, a little interesting what they have going on there, but I'm, I'm sure they want Wilcoxon back soon. Patrick Mason joining us. East Carolina winning over NC State last night. Needed it for multiple reasons. They were struggling midweek. They were kind of struggling overall with a series loss to Houston. So you just hope that this can can build some momentum. Uh, it could be a one-off, but the good news is you got Trey Savage ready to go tomorrow along with Carter Spivey. And as far as – and we'll talk to Josh Groves later in the show. But as far as rest goes, so you Savage going to pitch – one day early uh, kind of affects spivey i guess more than anybody two days early for him and, and it would be two for gross as well yeah that's a good point and you know i guess that's another thing like you said you got to watch pitch count and kind of really monitor these guys how tired they're going to get because yeah it's a couple days early you know you're throwing off a routine which these guys really get into a good routine you know it's like hey i got this to do this day two days after my start i'm throwing on this day so to kind of jumble that up is a little weird so yeah i think they're gonna really have to pay attention to, to how they're looking as well i heard uh, the word challenge a lot uh post game last night cliff challenged the hitters yeah. uh jacob jenkins coward said cliff challenged him uh specifically to have more you know aggressive at bat so i, I don't know do you see you see it in the 13 runs and the home runs and all that, but do you see it plate appearance by plate appearance? Like, did they look that different to you last night than they did against Houston? I don't know. I mean, it's weird. It's like small sample sizes, you know, I always like laugh at baseball, right? Like, so 
yeah, it looks good. I think everyone's in good spirits. I think everyone thinks, you know, the approach works when you you win, you score 13 runs. But, I mean, I think they were maybe selectively aggressive could be a good word. Like, if the ball was there in the strike zone, they weren't, like, taking a pitch. They were going to jump on it. Because, you know, sometimes they might want to work a count. And I think they were very eager and very, uh, you know, geared up to, to hit a ball in the strike zone yesterday. Worked uh, for the offense yesterday. And uh, how about Joey Barini? You mentioned him uh, homering. <laughs> but... Uh, multiple hits last night and just uh, came up big for the Pirates. Yeah, I asked Cliff about, you know, if he knew that Barini had power like this. And he's like, he has game power. Like, he doesn't do this in <laughs> practice, but in games, you know, he can get a hold of one and put one out. So, yeah, he's got three on the year without having any coming into the season. So, yeah, he, he's found his little power stroke. Stats don't lie. Pirates undefeated when Lane Hoover leads off. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was good to see him <laughs> back on top, right? It felt yeah. kind of like a little throwback. How do you like uh, Cliff? Just uh, th- this is nothing new. Tinkering with the lineup, trying to find one that works. Maybe he'll find one at the end of this month or uh, sometime in May and stick with it the rest of the year. <laughs> but just loves kind of giving guys opportunities at different uh, spots in the lineup. I love it. I love it. We've had a different lineup. I mean, all year. I think all year. You know, every every series, at least someone's you know shifted somewhere else. So. Yeah, I think McChrystal was batting way down. I mean, sometimes it takes pressure off guys. Other times it's, you know, hey, you're catching a bunch. I just want you to worry about that aspect of it too. So, yeah, I, I like it. Just like you said, give guys different opportunities to perform in different roles and see what we got. Uh, Shirley, can we hear uh, some of Cliff Godwin from last night post game as he met with the media after ECU's 13-9 victory over NC State at Clark LeClaire Stadium? We challenged our offense after last week, and, it, you know, everybody – wants to jump off the ship. We had a bad week, not a bad month, not a bad year. Um, but I'm really just impressed with the way our offense showed up, and especially after we put up a five spot and then NC State puts up a five spot and we just kept responding. So we needed a win like that for our offense. Um, Zach Root gave us a good start, and, you know, uh, Jay Hunter was outstanding. I mean, he was really the key to just, you know, put some zeros up on the board, and, of course, he gave up two in the night. But it was a bloop and then a bomb. So I'm um, just proud of him. So just for him, Jake, to be able to hold, you know, their offense to essentially no runs there for a while, I'm sure that was, that was nice to kind of get things it was, going. It was huge because, you know, we tied it up um, after um, State put up the five spot. We tied it up with J.C.'s home run, and then we were able to get our feet underneath us a little bit, and Jake put up zeros, and the offense kept rolling. As for you as the hitting coach, not as the manager, how did it feel tonight to see all those long balls hit? Most y'all hit all year? Um, it, it's good. You know, Colby Bortles has helped me out a lot this year, and we've been tag teaming it, and uh, Colby's done a great job with our hitters. What are you seeing from J.C. with three in one game? What's he, what's he doing? Um, I challenged him to, to bring some energy and to be tougher in the box, and, um, you know, we kind of had a little coming to Jesus uh, as a team, and uh, he responded, and, and J.C.'s the type that you can do that to. You can't do that to all kids, but – um, you know, he's a tough dude and he's competitive. And when you challenge him, 99% of the time he responds. Has Barini showed power like that and before, and just now he has some more opportunities to, to do things like that? He's kind of a, a game power guy. He ain't going to hit a lot of home runs and, uh, in practice, but, you know, if you make a mistake, he can hurt you. And uh, he hit that ball good. Talk about the come to Jesus, you know, factor after the weekend. I mean, did, were there other guys that you kind of challenged specifically this week, just, you know, after, after the weekend? You know, I don't want to go into specifics, but it was really the meeting was called by the players and the players wanted the coaches in there. So it's kind of crazy. So that shows good leadership in, in our group. And, uh, you know, just uh, stop feeling sorry for ourselves and come out and play baseball and not make excuses was the biggest message. And our guys did a really good job of that tonight. 
does that say something about the success of this program that you guys lost one series and the players got together and said we got to get this back on track? Yes, and, and but we really just had we haven't played great. I mean, if you, you're a baseball person, we've won games when we haven't played great, and you know we weren't playing good on Friday night, and you Savage was pitching good, and then our bullpen didn't hold it, so that was a wake-up call. And Saturday we showed up with a little bit more energy, and then Sunday we didn't. So um, we just talked about consistency of showing up with energy and intent. That don't mean you're always going to win, but it puts your best foot forward. I know you don't want to make much of a midweek, you know, situation, but if you did, you could say that monkey's off your back now. I mean, kind of move forward from here. And it's a, a lot of baseball season left. It was a great crowd. I'm so happy for our guys to be able to come out and perform in front of a great crowd because this is a regional type atmosphere. I told them before the game, I said, there's only one place in the country that's going to have 6,000 fans tonight, and that's Greenville, North Carolina. And I get chill bumps talking about it. So um, it was awesome. It was an awesome environment. The crowd was great, um, and they helped us win the game. For a non-conference Tuesday game, I mean, did it feel like the second largest crowd out here tonight? It, was pretty <laughs> it, it felt like it. I, I felt like it was going to be pretty big but just because the weather was great, NC State's in town. Um, but uh, every time you can play in front of a crowd like that, I mean, it gives our guys, you know, uh, an advantage in my opinion. Is there uh, any update on Wilcoxon's availability? <laughs> He's a little bit closer. You know, we're hoping we can get him back on Thursday. But, you know, McChrystal's been doing a good job. and. He's still hurt. He's just managing it, and um, you know everybody's doing a good job keeping him healthy. All right, there is Cliff Godwin post game talking to Patrick Mason and others following the victory last night. Patrick went easy on Coach last night, <laughs> and uh, even heard a, a chuckle or two out of him. That's so, right. Uh, but uh, man, great and second largest crowd ever. And uh, we'll talk about later uh, that later on in the show with Ron Berenger. He was the PA announcer last night. He's out there uh, a lot of midweeks and on Fridays. And uh, we're going to talk to him in hour number three. But huge crowd. And the state folks like to say this is ECU Super Bowl. And when you see things like second largest crowd ever, okay, that gives a little evidence to that. But a couple weekends ago, we're playing, I think it wasn't even Missouri State. It was the series after that, right? Was it... um, who was after yeah george uh, george mason george mason we had the eighth largest crowd ever yeah. at clark leclerc <laughs> so those people are showing up to watch ecu play not the opponent for right. the most part and uh it's just awesome to see and uh yeah picture perfect crowd uh and atmosphere last night i mean it looked like a ton of people there um weather was great and that that's what it is you're, you you want to watch a really good baseball team and some great weather and it's a fun atmosphere so yeah you're going out there it's not just because of nc state like you said george mason had a top 10 crowd and that's george mason yeah we'll uh take a break come back talk some pirate hoops and some pirate football as well with p mace as we uh shirley and folks continuing to try to address our audio issues on facebook and youtube but you can hear us through your radio speaker so keep us locked and we'll have more for you on pirate radio live after this You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. 
For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Who is this imposter? <laughs> it is someone doing a cover of your song. Love a boy. Patrick, are you familiar with Billy Ocean? Yeah. I've okay. Heard. Yeah. Uh, Caribbean Queen, mm-hmm. Lover Boy, Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Car. Sad songs, <laughs> say so much. Legend, Billy Ocean. Are you familiar, uh, Patrick, with uh, 1990? What year was it, Shirley? The number two song of 1996? I think it was. Five. 95. Uh, it was a song called Waterfalls. Who is the group that sang Waterfalls? Is that like the Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls? That is it. Who was that group? Isn't it, It's like a boom, boom, boom. Yep. It is three letters. <laughs> Can I give you a clue? Yes. To Bostulia. <laughs> so I was trying to. TLC. That is there correct. Well Thank done, you. sir. So yesterday we played with Bryce Williams and uh, knew the song we were talking about. He sang it. I, I said uh, the names, the individual names of the people in the group, T-Boz, uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, and Chili. And I said, come on, hey, Bryce, T-Boz, Lila, Lisa, Chili. And he said, T-Boz, Chilia. <laughs> and uh, we were looking for TLC. Very good. Very Slightly good. off. Yeah, just a bit outside. Also yesterday on the show, we talked to ECU head basketball coach Mike Schwartz and um, recapped year one for him, talked a lot about the tournament as well, and looked ahead a little bit. And, of course, Javon Small out, uh, one of three Pirates, I believe, from last year's roster in the portal. Sounds right. And then you've got Luigi and uh, David Kay moving on, but uh, seemed very upbeat about the future of R.J. Felton, Brandon Johnson, and uh, certainly Ezro's are, and I can't wait to see the leap he makes from year one to year two. And we were talking about, and, and he knew the numbers right off the top of his head. I, th- I said, I think Brandon shot like 14 threes. He said, yeah, he was three of 14 um, the previous year, and then he made uh, 43 last year, something like that. So, like, he uh, just took a major jump uh, shooting from the outside, expanding his game, and now – I don't know if it's fair, but like I'm, I'm expecting the same from Ezra. I'm expecting him to come out and look like a, a much better player year two. Yeah, I mean you should. I don't know if he is, but have like an outside game that you'd say, but mid range, right? You want to see him like around the elbow, just kind of knock down those shots because because teams are really just playing off and daring him to drive and you know go to the rim. But just imagine, yeah, if he can get a, a nice little mid range shot going, he'd be he'd be really unstoppable because just watching him you just you look and say wow the talent's there you just need him to get a little bit more refined and a little more you know i guess yeah refined is the is the word so yeah i and mean that, even bj and rj felton i mean they got way better yeah just just watching them there and of course javon small did too unfortunately he won't be here next yeah. year yeah uh, so he, he's attacking the the high schools and bringing in high school recruits. And now it, it, the question is, who is going to come in from the transfer portal? And he didn't. He can't give specific names, but he said he wants depth at guard because we talked about Jaden Walker, who really stepped up in the absence of Javon Small. But he wants guard depth and uh, and obviously size. Uh, those are the two things that he said was really key for for him this off season to add to this ECU basketball roster. That makes that makes sense, especially like you know how he wants to play defensively. Some extra length would be great, and yeah, if you can get some, 
maybe another ball handler for sure. Because um, Jaden's really good defensively, I think, Arden, his man, on-ball defense. Um, you know, he, he played great at the point, too. But I think if you can take even that off of him, it would, it would be great. Um, just, just for the the outlook of the team, and also um, just some shooting. You know, I think gotta have some gotta shooters. have some shooting. I guess you can never make shooters, but yes, yes, we need shot, makers. shot makers. And this this team can can do some things. Yeah, if Jay, if Jaden can cut down on, he has a bit of a turnover bug mm-hmm. at times. I mean, cut down on that. He and if he could get his shot a little better from the outside, made a few, but was not a, a huge threat from out there. Uh, that would be huge for him because I love a a big point guard. Uh, I, that's why I was a big Tristan Newton fan when he was here. Love a tall point guard that can give you some matchup options. And Javon Small, not the tallest guy in the world, but he was a great rebounding guard he with was. his athleticism. He was, yeah. He would crash the boards, kind of like R.J. Felton. Just kind of come flying out of nowhere. Um, I know you know different position, kind of different player, but but just someone like that who, who's not afraid to kind of get in there and. Um, just just make some plays. Saw a way too early top twenty five that had FAU number twelve going into <laughs> next year. That's if they keep May and keep all of their players, which uh from a classification standpoint, they'll they'll be able to keep all their players. It's just a matter of if they enter the portal or not. Yeah. But if you see them top fifteen preseason and they'll be coming in here to uh to Minji's and uh that that basketball league and Schwartz talked about it at first glance losing cincinnati houston you're like uh man what's it gonna look like well you've got the team and i don't know this is a little bit overstated i start to feel like mike oresco talking about this but you had the (laughs) cbi champion in charlotte does that matter not really you had the two teams at the end of the nit that kind of matters that means they're it's a good tournament because the nit was full of of really good teams this year so that tells you a little bit about those teams we're trying to strive for that we're trying to get in the nit so i think that matters yeah and then you've got of course a team that was in the final four that certainly matters uh with fau (laughs) the mike oresco thing still killing me yeah i I mean uh, but yeah the power six flag for everyone it does count though i mean those are Hey, you you want those teams to be there rather than not be there, right? Yeah. So yeah, it counts for something. <laughs> and I mean, the teams they're replacing again, Houston's a national power at this point. Cincinnati kind of feels on the up with yeah. West Miller, maybe. And then UCF, I would say, has been a disappointment uh, these last couple of years. And they just lost their big man to the portal, right? Yeah. So like, or, the, I think it's South Florida, uh, Russell. Oh, uh, Achua. Yeah. Bless you. Yeah. I think that's yeah, uh, yeah South USF. Yeah who will be back, who uh, finally hit on a head coach uh, recently. Yeah. Remember, it was going to be Mike Bray, and then it wasn't. <laughs> and then it was going to be Ryan Odom, and then it wasn't. Musical chairs. And they landed on Sharif Abdurrahim's brother. Do you remember Sharif Abdurrahim with the Vancouver Grizzlies? I do not. You're too young for that one. Yeah. Amir Abdurrahim uh, is the head coach. Uh, ECU got Brian Gregory fired after uh, beating him <laughs> in the uh, AAC tournament. They did not close the season well. Uh, no, uh, certainly did not. All right, so that is Hoops um, NCAA tournament over. Did you watch Monday night? I'm going to be honest with you. I watched like two minutes of it. <laughs> we are the worst. Two minutes. But I'm finding myself to be in the majority here because yeah. I fell asleep. I didn't even care about it at all. Um, it sounds like we didn't miss much, though. Like, yeah. I, I tried to watch some highlights. I read some stories about it, and it was just flat-out boring. More UConn game. domination. Yeah, basically. it was just, you know, no intrigue there, yeah. I think. And and someone asked uh, yesterday if it was, say, Alabama and Kansas in the championship, would I have been more inclined to watch? And my answer was no. 
<laughs> if it was Texas, Gonzaga, or UCLA, I would have watched because I had a future on those teams. If it was East Carolina, I would have watched because I I would root for them. Outside of that, I don't care. So you're coming at it from the betting betting perspective. I'm like every other American in America. I'm selfish. It's all about yeah, me. That's right. You're doing America right. So <laughs> so if I so if it were Alabama and Kansas, I would I would watch purely just to watch Alabama lose. Like I, I, that would be my hook to. They're the game. a villain, right? But other than that, literally, yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, I was not interested in Monday's game. Did you? Um, oh, I got something to talk to you about. Did uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Ken Watlington? Did Angel Reese ruin sports in America? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I know it's a joke. Yeah, uh, no, I, I actually liked it because, like, that that, thank it, you. that is what sports is all about. That is you're competing you're you're allowed to be excited for yourself you're allowed to trash talk that's what i love about sports thank you you can do this is like your moment you have an hour of game time go do everything you need to do win the game lose the game play well just just do your thing (laughs) i said on monday kaylin clark's a big girl she was trash talking herself absolutely i'm pretty sure she's okay with all this if i'm wrong correct me and then i see an interview the next day and she's like yeah, she didn't have anything to apologize about. <laughs> yeah, she's about. like, no, she's playing basketball. Yeah, it's and, fine. Yeah. Everybody else cares. The two involved don't. Right. So People are just insane. Also, I think it's the first time anyone's decided to watch women's basketball. Oh, and, my and, God. And they're just like, whoa, what is this? You know, why are these? I'm like, this, it's what happens. Kaylin Clark also said that talking junk has been a part of the men's game forever. Yes. Like, why is it different with women's? Don't we like, we put these people, like, remember uh, Kevin Garnett? Everyone thinks he's awesome. You know, that's, he's a great great trash talker historically great trash talker larry bird like we celebrate these guys for doing that and yet when someone does it in a a different game everyone loses their mind over it i don't understand i loved kevin garnett early on and then i kind of felt like he became a cartoon character caricature of he didn't uh, seem (laughs) genuine with all his talk yeah it uh, became like a snarl and everything yeah it felt way more genuine when he was that really tall skinny young kid playing for minnesota mm-hmm. and then by the end of his career it just almost felt fake to me i don't know yeah i mean yeah you got to live up to it i guess you're the yeah. guy who's got to say something you know uh eric says yo soup dog what are your yo. thoughts on canned soup love it does it have a place or is it homemade or bust I'm a, i I can get down with some canned soup yeah especially like the condensed kind where you, you know you whatever open up the can pour it in add some milk or i don't know i guess milk you could do water but i always go milk in a saucepan yeah you can get some good soup out of that yeah we um we're getting comments about uh our youtube and facebook we are aware of those comments or of the issues that we're having so uh hopefully you are listening to our radios uh broadcast and hearing patrick talk about soup all right i want to talk some football and let's uh tell you what let's take a break we'll come back we'll hear some of what mike houston had to say yesterday and talk some spring football with patrick mason daily reflector more to go hour two pirate radio live coming up hour three josh gross east carolina starter going to join us also ron Beringer, pa announcer out at a lot of ecu sports venues so that's coming up hour three plus a giveaway more to go pirate radio live after this but it plays with my emotions and i want you so much darling i wanna hold you
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. And both locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart filling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, looking at video from the fly-in last night. How cool was that, Patrick? I always love a good paratrooper. <laughs> Does Pepsi have their own branch of the military? I'm waiting for the day that, not because I want anybody to get hurt, I just find it, I would find it entertaining if one of those landed in the jungle and got hung up in one of the trees. Like the, uh, y'all are too young. Shirley's not. Do you no. remember the uh, fan man or whatever? He, there was a open air boxing match. Yes, I do remember was that. like yeah. Holyfield and yeah. Rick Bow maybe. But fan man uh, goes in and gets tangled up in the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> he was a one man and he had, what was it a fan on his back like that he was flying in on? But anyway, he gets tangled up in the ropes and like it almost started a riot at the boxing because <laughs> everybody was confused and like, what's going on? It was crazy. <laughs> uh, but that was pretty cool. Uh, it says it was the, it says thank you Pepsi and the all veteran group for kicking us off in style tonight i wonder the, uh, if they were maybe retired paramilitary yeah. guys and uh how about they did a uh jungle jump <laughs> right after it that's awesome that going into cool. the stands wait yeah. the the parachute guys yes oh that's cool did a jungle jump yeah i, I like uh i liked uh, the video of jacob jenkins cowart's uh jungle jump because he filmed his he did a selfie version oh of yeah it. selfie <laughs> version of his jungle jump i thought that was pretty cool all right let's uh switch gears we've talked hoops we've talked baseball let's talk a little football and uh before we do and get patrick's take on spring thus far and uh maybe a mud bowl coming up on saturday we'll see let's hear what mike houston had to say yesterday he who has been very chipper throughout this spring and i believe that continued uh last night how's everybody doing all right what you all talk about great weather got 80 degrees Okay, we got done right as baseball was starting, so that was good. So the kids are going to shower up and grab a bite to eat and head over there. They will catch the second half of the game. So, uh, But uh, last padded practice before Saturday, uh, we'll go in helmets on Thursday, uh, typical uh, you know, in-season Thursday practice. Uh, we are, have our draft tomorrow. So uh, head coach of one of the teams is Rajay Harris, and head coach of the other team is Jeremy Lewis. And they're going to flip uh, flip a coin to see who is the home team, see who's purple, and see who's gold. And uh, the kids are excited about that. So uh, Thursday we'll practice in our teams, and we'll put rosters out, you know, maybe Friday or something, so you, the fans will know kind of who's versus who. So winner gets steak and shrimp, loser gets cold beanie weenies. So. They don't get to serve the losers. It's just the winners' dinner, losers' dinner. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll let the leadership <laughs> council figure it out. All right, good deal. How's everything? What would you summarize your two favorite, your positives, and what you want to see improve? <clears throat> I, I just think that we've there's there's a lot of positives. I think offensively, I think we've 
there are a lot of new faces, and there are a lot of new faces making plays. And I think uh, the quarterback room has steadily improved each week. Uh, very pleased with the running back room. I think the offensive line and Coach Mulgridge, I think they're, they're coming along and progressing. Um, I think we have some guys in the receiver room that have had solid springs. Uh, I think Shane Calhoun has had a very solid spring. Uh, so I think there's so many positives right there. Uh, negatives offensively, um, you know, just waiting for one of those big X receivers to step up and take command of the position. Uh, and, you know, I think Saturday's another opportunity for a couple of those guys. Uh, I think that's the, that's the one that I'm, I'm waiting on right there. Um, I think, you know, finding who the, you know, who the starting five are up front. I mean, I think uh, we've played with a lot of different uh, combinations. Uh, it was great to have Jacob Sacra back the last two weeks, and I think uh, he's shown he's much improved from the fall. Uh, but just, you know, waiting to see what that final five looks like right there uh, up front. I think defensively, I think, uh, you know, probably the biggest positive is, you know, I think two things, I think length and speed. Um, I think our defensive front has been solid all spring, but I expect those guys to be. I mean, those, those are veteran guys that played a lot of snaps. Um, I think negatives, I think it's, you know, who are the next couple of guys in the secondary after the, after the first group, you know? Who's going to be a guy that can be ready to play? Because you know we're going to, you know, you're going to play more than just you know, eleven guys. Um, so I think that's that's kind of everything there. As a new head coach, a lot of people talk about your players versus the players that were here. You had the COVID time to have extra time with certain players, but how can you um, explain about your players coming in and how excited you are for this little next era? Not well, yeah, I mean, I think we're through the kind of through the COVID stuff. We got the last of the COVID COVID seniors of the extra years, you know, in the next year or so. And uh, but I think it's just you know the, the program has um, since that 2020 season, the program has you know made major uh, you know advancement and leaps. And uh, I think that's a credit to a lot of the guys that were here when I got here that were young that really helped kind of you know mold. Uh, the program. I think it's um, a credit to the guys that have come in, and you know the the Jeremy Lewis's, the Rajay Harris's, like those two I mentioned a while ago, uh, Tay, um, you know, just Eli, you know, just all those guys, and just you know their continued leadership and their you know you know kind of enforcing a standard in the way we do things, and it's just uh, I'm excited for this fall. Uh, again, it uh, you know a lot of new faces. Uh, tough schedule, uh, but the kids are really excited about it. We are too. Reinforcing the standard that you've been <clears throat> since you got here. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's that's the great thing is you have you have guys that have been in the program that uh, you know embrace our core values uh, and you know kind of demand that uh, we, we you know we uphold those. And I think that's uh, you know anytime you can get a situation where the kids are. They're they're echoing it and they're they're leading that way. I think that's that's always a positive situation. Yeah, officially announced the new offensive hires and a couple of analysts as well. Can you just touch on you know what led you to bring those guys on board? Well, um, I thought we had uh, a very strong candidate pool for the two positions on offense, and uh, you know I thought I thought everybody that we brought to campus to interview um, would have been a good fit uh, and would have been a solid hire. I think that uh, when you look at Darrell, um, 
you know, he, he, he fits a certain, certain type of coach that I was looking for. He's going to be very, very high energy. Uh, he is a great technician with the fundamentals, and I think with you know, some of the youth in our receiver room, uh, you know, the guys we have on the roster now, we have three incoming high school kids. Uh, just his, his expertise with teaching the fundamentals really stood out to me. That and just uh, has that kind of personality that can be dynamic in recruiting uh, and, and, just, and was passionate about wanting to be here. Um, I just thought he was the right fit for what we needed in that room. Um, you know, as we went through the interview process, uh, I hired Aaron Hour because he was the best candidate for that job, and it wasn't really close. Uh, he, he is a very bright mind, uh, great work ethic. He has tremendous relationships with our players. Uh, you know, he's been here with us for a couple of years, but uh, he has a very bright future in this profession. And, uh, and the, probably the biggest endorsement for him was from the players. Uh, when I made it to the point where I was confident and comfortable with him, I uh, went to some of the older players that uh, he had worked with, asked them you know, their perspectives, uh, and not only the ones that are here, but some of the ones that had left uh, just feel very strongly about him, uh, and I think that says a lot uh, about uh, what he's done already. So excited about those guys. Uh, excited about Tyler uh, in our defensive room. Uh, he, he was at Georgia Tech last year in the same role, so brings a lot of experience. Uh, has been a head high school coach, has been a position coach at the co collegiate level. Uh, so I think he, he'll be a great uh, help and resource to Blake. Uh, Kyle, uh, you know, we wanted to have someone that had uh, been a specialist and had, had, had done it and was, you know, was in the field and, you know, really, you know, a guy that can really do a great job of evaluating what the, what the kickers and snappers and, and punters and holders are doing on the field and, and be able to communicate and work with Coach Doust and coaching those guys. So um, I think that, uh, you know, all four will be assets to our staff. All right, Mike Houston there yesterday after practice talking about his team and, and just the, he ends it there on the staff changes, new hires, some from within, some from the outside. And, Patrick, that is a big theme this offseason for ECU, change. <laughs> and I tend to think – it's more, I don't know about alarming, but the change is more drastic from the personnel on the field than the coaches. When you think about losing 98% or whatever of your offense, that is, that's, <laughs> that's an eye-opener. Yeah. Um, but like Chris Foster and Latrell Scott, and and they have had to bring in a lot of coaches this offseason. Now, the good news is Houston, Kirkpatrick, Harrell, you're – Head coach coordinators are back, so that's good for continuity. But they're mixing in a lot of new assistant coaches here and kind of late in the game as well. Yeah, definitely late. I mean, because they started spring practice, and like that first day they lost a couple coaches, and that's like, you know, what do we do? We're scrambling. Um, but like you said, if, if like the continuity of, you know, both coordinators and the head coach, I think essentially this time it's just important to get to know those guys, right, and like to start – hey, I, I can trust you to, to keep an eye on this part of the game or, you know, this part of the field and let me know if anything comes up. And I think that's probably the biggest thing right now is just these coaches learning, like, all right, like, I, I'm comfortable letting this guy run this part and, like, you know, he, the right information can get back to me. So, yeah, I think that's 
you know, it, the players are, are really what we're going to notice, you know, on game day. I think these, this, a lot of this coaching stuff's behind the scenes, and, you know, it's for them to kind of work out and get a comfortability. But, yeah, the players are, you know, when you're essentially replacing an entire offense, yeah, that's that's jarring. Patrick, uh, can you give me an offensive and defensive spring darling? Uh, I don't know, some somebody you've seen or somebody whose name has been talked about a lot by Mike Houston or in the brief chats you've had with Donnie and, and Blake. Uh, name offensively and defensively, who has stood out this spring? Um, I want to say Sam Zdanka, Danka. Yeah, um, yeah, he's just been all over the place and just kind of looks the part too on defense. Um, and I think even Blake Carroll just said, you know, he's going to be a guy that we can, you know, get after the quarterback with and do some different things with. Um, offensively, it's you know I'm not sure. I think you know a couple of receivers. I've heard Kerry King's name a couple times. Yep, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah, of. I was gonna say he's you know he's looked pretty good. Um, and it's weird to say like backup quarterback, but like Alex Flynn, I think he's just yeah. looked looked really good. So I mean I'm not saying they have like a, a competition of you know a question of who's gonna start, but I think it you know gives you a nice option that this person can you know handle anything he's thrown into. So you know I haven't heard a ton of tight end talk. Is that because it's it's so stable at the top with Shane Calhoun, you think? And yeah, well, I, you know, Donnie actually spoke. I think it was last week when he talked with us. He said Shane has essentially been the guy who said, "Hey, look at me! Like I, yeah, I want to make sure that I'm the guy." Yeah, and you know, that, I guess to me that just just means he's practicing really hard and catching everything and just kind of showing that, hey, I'm going to be this number one tight end and I yeah. want to be a pass catching tight end and I want I want to do this. So um, I yeah. expect big things from him this year. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear about the big dog being off the leash? <laughs> what are you talking about? You didn't hear that the big dog's off the leash? Roo-roo. Owen Murphy has committed to East Carolina. Owen Murphy, a <laughs> uh, transfer offensive lineman from Akron, I believe. Former leashed lineman. <laughs> he is now <laughs> off the leash. And uh, looks like a bad dude. So we'll see. So getting a little offensive line help in the portal. And the portal is something to follow here after spring ball too right because guys kind of see where they are on the depth chart and don't like it head out and uh it could open we could have some departures but uh also could have some guys uh join us like isaiah winstead i was gonna say mike houston has found some good good players in the portal and uh he's been selective too i know he looks for you know some character as well but you also want a a guy especially maybe at a, a different level a guy who shows that he's better than that level or can make an impact at this one and you can kind of find some sneaky sneaky guys there patrick uh thank you for hanging out with us today do we uh did i ask you your master's championship meal what you would have and will there be soup Okay, yeah, so definitely soup and i'd probably if i'm going masters you got to go got to go big so i'd probably go lobster bisque um, and I think I'm going to almost uh, verbatim steal last year's champion. I think it was Hideki Mats- yeah, Mats- Matsuyama. He had an amazing champion's dinner. Had, I think a sushi to start out with. He had like A5 Wagyu beef, mashed potatoes, and all the fixings. Like That thing was like impeccable. That's what I'm going with. And just add some soup to that, and I'm set. All right. Um, it was it was an, I think it was just last year, right? Was it 2022? All right. Uh, sushi. Sashimi. Uh-oh. Where did my you menu that, go? Got that Elon dog showing up. Yeah. Um, and chicken skewers. Miso glazed black cod. And a das, dashi broth. <laughs> um, I'm sure you nailed that. Miyazaki wagyu, wagyu. That's like the beef, right? Yeah. All A5 wagyu beef ribeye with mixed mushrooms and vegetables. Yeah, sign me up. Japanese strawberry shortcake. 
interesting i love strawberry shortcake i'd love to try a japanese strawberry shortcake like i'm taking that menu and just running with it and throwing the lobster bisque in there yep all right there you go that's mine can't beat it patrick thanks for hanging out man yeah thanks all right we'll talk to you next week uh patrick you can check out pages of the daily reflector online reflector.com you'll be covering uh two baseball games on thursday hopefully one friday and the spring game saturday yep that's it you'll be in the poncho coming up on (laughs) saturday watching some football all right and uh oh how'd the wedding go last week it was fun it was good it was a little windy in alabama alabama wedding yeah anything like rednecky country catch you off guard not really honestly i thought it was classy yeah it was it was a little surprising it was it was good southern charm yeah awesome all right let's uh take a break come back uh expecting the arrival of josh gross also ron berenger uh pa announcer for ecu athletic events talk to him as well more to go pirate radio live here on a wednesday after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Russell's Clothing in downtown Washington has everything you need for game day or any other day for men and women. Whether it's dress, casual, or even a formal occasion, Russell's has you covered. Russell's has served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for 40 years with quality clothing and personal service. Russell's Clothing on Main Street in downtown Washington. Pirates supporting Pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clipper On. Back with you, Victory Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live East Carolina. Coming off a 13-9 victory over nc state last night it was a hit party for the pirates a home run party for the pirates and uh joining us he hits home runs during bp when the pitchers are allowed to take bp he is josh Groves joining us here inside the pirate radio studios josh good to see you man how you doing i'm good i'm happy to be here and uh happy after a victory last night so you know you're that's not a scheduled pitch day for you so you're into the game you're uh, energy giver yes. right in the dugout yes. And uh, you had a lot of energy to give, a lot to be excited about. 13 runs for your team yesterday. Yeah, yeah yesterday was awesome. It felt like a regional, super regional environment. Um, and it was just, I mean, electric from pitch one. And and uh, I'm glad we, we pulled that win out because uh, our fans loved it too. Josh Moylan got it started just like he did in the Virginia game. Mm-hmm. I was kind of reminded of that. Kind of similar time of the day, similar crowd. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and got the party started there. Yeah, he did. That was awesome. He uh, pulled his hands into that. I think it was the first pitch. I uh, do not recall. I, don't, I can't remember. It might have been first. I don't know, but um, the jungle had some souvenirs yesterday. <laughs> what was it, seven, six home runs? Yeah, three from uh, Jacob Jenkins Coward, one from Josh Moylan, one from Starman, uh-huh. uh, Jacob Starling, and Shaq got a hold of one as well. So uh, the pirate, the ball was flying out of the yard yesterday yep. uh, for the East Carolina Pirates and jumped out early too. You know, how important was that? Even though State responded, it was like a basketball game, Josh, with the score changes. Oh my gosh, in the game. yeah. No, it was. It was, uh, that, that's been our goal for um, the last several weeks and, and we haven't, we've done a poor job of, of uh, com- com- completing that goal, but we wanted to, we always want to score first and, um, 
you know, in Houston and even the past few midweeks and even even really the past few weekends, we always kind of waited till the sixth, seventh inning to kind of get the bats going. And, um, you know, our goal was just to, to be the aggressor and come out, uh, come out swinging first. And um, that's what we did. And after that, you know, puts a little less strain on the bullpen and uh, the bullpen bullpen had some struggles last night. But, um, you know, it was nice to see uh, our offense score runs for the majority of the game. And, um, yeah, it was just a great win. Talking to Josh Gross on the Delcor Players Lounge. You guys had practice on Monday, mm-hmm. and we were speculating on it. You can answer honestly or dishonestly, but was that due to just the schedule this week, playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Was it due to a series loss? Was it due to struggling midweek? Why the Monday practice for you guys? It was a little bit of everything <laughs> yeah. you just mentioned. Um, you know, we just needed to get better and, and – uh, we felt like Monday was a good opportunity to get ready for state and uh, kind of start a new week because um, we didn't we didn't have the, the previous week we wanted. Thanks. Yep. And um, so yeah, we just felt like Monday was an opportunity for us to go out there, get better, and uh, and prepare for Tuesday. And uh, while the bats uh, were hot last night, uh, did get a good pitching performance, kind of front end and back end. Mm-hmm. But Zach Root goes three innings, gives up a run for you, and you'll take that certainly midweek. And Absolutely. then how about Jake Hunter watching him perform four and a third, and it looked like he was gonna go unblemished, uh, but gave up a home run in the ninth. But great outing for him. Nah, he was lights out. Yeah, he um, that was huge. And, and he's been great all year, um, but it was just good that at that at that time in the game when he came in, it was just you know someone someone needed to kind of stop the bleeding there. Yeah. Was that like, like in the in the fifth or sixth whenever they put up a five spot? But yeah, he did a good job of, of stopping that two out rally and and not letting him breathe really until that little that home run in the ninth. But I mean, did a good job finishing the game after that. Watched a million baseball games, and they always say you see something new, different every game. And I don't recall seeing seven straight singles like I did last night for NC State. And after ECU scored five, State came back with five, mm-hmm. and then it was your turn to yeah. get the lead back. So it was back and forth. And I've asked you this: So what are you doing, Josh, on games where you know you're not starting? Um, do you have a, a job, a role, or is it all about just being a good teammate? So what are you doing? Uh, usually, I'm on a chart. Uh, I wasn't on a chart yesterday, um, but so when I'm not pitching, I'm in the dugout. My goal is just to to keep the dugout, the energy in the dugout up, and keep the guys uh, vocal and and get the crowd into it at times. But um, you know, the worst thing you can do in the dugout is is say nothing at all and kind of just keep to yourself. So the dugout's a good place to get the the vibes up and, and get the boys rolling. A 13 to 9 game played in 3 hours and 8 minutes. So that uh pitch clock and pace that tells you right there it's still up just over 3 hours and you scored 22 runs. So yeah, yeah. Have you uh have you enjoyed that more this year? You like to work pretty quick anyway, right? But have you noticed it this far? Yeah, I mean, we had the pitch clock last year too and even my freshman year I think they were starting to kind of play with it. Okay. Um they might have shortened the time like from 30 or something. I don't know what it was, but um I don't think it really affects me. I don't, I don't think it affects any of our guys really because we like to work at a quick pace. And our our goal as a team is to get off the field in under, I think, ten minutes. So um, anytime we can have a five to eight minute inning means that you know we fill the zone up. We have you know we're not we're not walking guys. Hopefully there's not pitching changes because it's a quick inning. And and so our goal is usually get off the field within five to eight minutes. Josh Rose joining us, uh, coming off uh, a series loss to Houston, and something happened in that game, Josh, that I have seen a million times in a baseball game. Errors happen, and one happened on Sunday with Jacob Starling, and you're about to get out of the inning, and it's like 
Josh could throw his best pitch ever, and it's not going to matter because an error always leads to a run. Next batter hits a home run. And it's just like me watching, it's like one of those things. You're in that situation. You know, how frustrating is it? You're about to head off to the mound. I was talking to to Mike Mullis, longtime baseball guy. He's like, and we're trying to get into your head like we're psychologists at this point, but it's like, all right, I'm walking off the field. He's going to make this throw of the first inning over. Now you got to get out there and battle again. Like, is there anything to that? Like, um, no, I mean, as a pitcher, I mean, you got to understand that errors are part of the game, and and uh, our defense is really good. And and uh, you know, if anyone tells you that they expect their guys to be perfect, then they're out of their mind. So uh, whenever start whenever Star made that error, I just looked at him and I said, like, you're good, man. Get like get the next one. And and I think I actually think the last out of that game went right to him. Uh, ground ball right back to him, but um, yeah, I was I was frustrated that um, that I gave up the home run, but I was, I was more frustrated that we were down three to zero at that point, and our offense our offense has been kind of quiet all week, so I was just kind of I was just more frustrated that it felt like we were already out of the fight when we still had four innings to play. Yeah, um, but I wasn't necessarily upset at the air because that's just I mean that's part of it. Yeah, and uh, he comes up next inning and hits a home run, does mm-hmm. his part to try to make up for that's it. Right. So that's all he can do at that point. Yeah. Um, and Josh, you've got uh, your numbers the other day: three strikeouts, no walks. I know you love that. That's you did big. two hit by pitches. Yeah, that's so, not great. <laughs> but but no walks. Uh, fantastic. You go five innings. I mean, that's all that that you can ask for, pretty much. Yeah, I was uh, I was hoping to go more, and, and my pitch count was pretty low. I think before yeah. before that error, I think I was at like thirty something pitches, maybe forty, and I ended up with like sixty four. And um, like I said, at that point in the game. Uh, offense wasn't really wasn't really there yet, and uh, I think it was just time. Coaches want to go to do it, give them a different look, and um, so time to pass the ball. And the bullpen did good until, I mean, I think they did good really that whole game. It was just I've never I can't tell you last time I saw a home run hit the foul pole. Yeah, the game. frustrating. Yeah, uh, and the bullpen's been great all year. Yeah, it has and been really and even great. you're right in this case. Uh, the just could not you know seal the deal there against houston kind of same thing happened on friday night yeah. frustrating way to lose yeah. it you're down to the final strike and you know there, there's a pitcher and a batter i gave the batter a lot of credit there for uh hitting that double down the line uh with two strikes there mm-hmm. in the ninth inning it yeah and, and you know we talked about this as a team the other day but we've played we've pitched in a lot of one run ball games um early on in the season and um, which is going to be huge for us down the road because you don't play many playoff games that are, you know, five, ten run leads. So um, it's just going to make us better in the long run. Talking to Josh Gross, East Carolina getting ready for UCF, and uh, Trey is savage, ready to go on uh, one day shorter than he's used to. Carter Spivey, two days shorter. And if we do play on Friday, Josh, you'll be going two days shorter. Mm-hmm. So how does that affect you guys? Uh, honestly, I think we're I think we're fine. I mean, like I said. I, Personally, I had a, a pretty low pitch count, so I feel I feel yeah, great. I'm ready to point. go. Um, Spivey didn't throw that. I think my Spivey threw 85 or maybe through 90 pitches. But he had talked to him today. He feels good. Trey's ready to go. Um, so I think our rotation is just going to be as good as it's been. Yeah. I mean, and nothing nothing really new there. The only difference would be I, I was talking to a coach today, and I think that the weather's looking kind of iffy for for even Friday. So. If that, you know, tomorrow morning, if it looks like it's a wash on Friday, there's a chance that I would come out of the bullpen tomorrow at some point in those two games if if it if we if needed. 
all right I, the last resort i kind of like that yeah. um but 77 pitches by the way for spivey okay yeah so he, uh, yeah he's, last he's saturday good, yeah. uh so yeah you uh so basically he's telling you to be ready yeah tomorrow. yeah for sure yeah yep. and how do you like the idea of that coming out of the pen i'm fine i like it yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm good uh good deal uh, now so what if let's say you don't come out of the pen and you don't play on friday and saturday's a wash you you miss a week starting yeah what do you do to make up for that like physically? no i've never really been in that scenario before so i would imagine um you know maybe get off the mound on saturday just on my own and kind of have like a more intense bullpen longer bullpen to kind of simulate that pitch count but um yeah i i really don't know what that looks like i've never i've never been in that spot before uh, speaking of uh, you know coming off the mound, I saw and we've talked about this, but I saw a picture of you guys when you got to Houston. It looked like the pitchers were all kind of throwing off the yeah. turf mound yeah. and stuff, getting used to it. Um, again, that is a total eyesore to me, uh, <laughs> but I understand it. Like if you played natural grass there, it'd probably be brown and yellow yeah. all year. Yeah, not for sure. Uh, so I don't know. Any you've said it's not a big deal, right? Any any? No, difference? I mean, and and we I think our conference, most of the fields we play on our turf fields and. Some have, like, it's like Cincinnati's turf mound. I think Tulane has a turf mound. Obviously, Houston. U, USF does have turf, I believe. But their mound might be dry. But yeah, it's the the guys are on the mound <clears throat> whenever we go places because every mound is a little different. So it's not as much as the turf. It's just kind of the feel for it, the, the height, the slope, um, kind of like the backdrop. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna turn two or something like that, but. Uh, yeah, we, we like to get off the mound whenever we go somewhere new just trying to get a feel for it. Did you see the um, – it was in a minor league park, and I want to say it was Southern Miss and either – I think maybe Ole Miss, and they called the game like in the third inning. The pitcher went to field the ball, and I it stepped in a divot or something, and they were like, like – this yesterday? This was last week. Okay. It's been a week or so. I saw it on Twitter. But it uh, the field was so bad that they said, we're not going to play it. We're going to cancel the game. Wow. So uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that. Have you ever been on a field where you're like, hey, we got to get this thing fixed? This is dangerous here? Um, I've, I remember my freshman year, our, our pitching guy, Coach Dietrich, would always say, like, there was a, there was an instance on those doubleheader Fridays. You know, we played two on Friday for conference because there were no midweeks. Yeah. The mound would just get worked on the weekends. Right. And so he would say, like, you know, some guys would come in and say, like, hey, like, there's a huge hole in the mound or something like that. And he would always say, like, if that ever happens, like, that's your mound. Go call time. We'll put some turfers on it or something like that. But I've never seen a game get canceled because of that. Was it uh, C.J. Mayhew that used to dig a 10-foot hole with his foot? I swear he'd be I, up there. Yeah, the, he, he did. <laughs> that was like his little pregame thing. He would yeah. kick at it for like a good 10 seconds. He would go at, go to town. So, like, do certain pitchers uh, kind of mess with the, your mound? And, and how much do you do up there? To uh, Everyone has their own little thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to just – I like to just take my cleat, like when I'm starting, and it's like it's just freshly uh, raked, so there's no one's been on it yet. I kind of just like to kick it around so I can get like the side of my cleat on like against the rubber, yeah, kind of because it's you know it's kind of clay, so it, it kind of sticks that kind of molds that. But um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't really think it, it. You know, if someone, if if I was to go after someone else, I don't think it would really make a difference. Yeah, I mean, can't really tell. Talking to Josh Gross, Pirates coming off a victory over NC State. Does it? Uh look you guys needed a midweek win we after did. the struggles yeah, you needed to yeah. win period but i don't know being nc state does it get you fired up anymore that normal yeah i mean i mean i'd be lying to you if i said that uh you know people don't talk about this game and think about this game for the whole season and even the preseason so anytime you play in state rival 
um, like you know UNC or State or or, or Campbell. Um, those games always Duke. Sometimes those games always um, always get the boys going pretty good, and the crowd, the fans love it too. So you know when you're playing NC State home or away, it's going to be a good crowd and and. Everyone can play in a good crowd. Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball, tweeting out his uh, surprising results from Tuesday. His first one was Elon over number two, Wake Forest. Yeah, that's uh, huge. Yeah, you guys have uh, knocked off Elon this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just goes to show, again, I know I repeat myself, but the amazing baseball played in the Carolinas, especially here in North Carolina. Yeah, no, there's – I was thinking about that the other day. Like, there's so much good baseball in North Carolina, and and even the – you know, like ECU is not a Power Five conference, but there's just so many good baseball teams that aren't in those big conferences, and and uh, it's you know pretty lucky to have that. As a pitcher, it might make you flinch a little bit, Josh, but we're used to like midweek, a lot of runs scored in games. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of way I'm looking at this right now. Uh, Wichita State scoring 13 runs and a win yeah, over Oklahoma State. That game. Uh, Clemson had 16 runs and their win against Coastal. So you guys were a part of one of those. You've played some lower scoring midweek games, yeah. but last night uh, was an offensive night. Yeah, last night, you know, and we uh, we kind of had a come to Jesus moment as a team um, on Monday before practice. And um, the 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 message to the team was really just uh, to kind of flip a switch. Like, we're at that midway point of the year, and, um, you know, we, we want to go somewhere that this team's never gone before. And the only way to do that is to treat every day like it's your last, really, and, and go out there and compete every day, go 1-0 on the day. And, um, and you know, you can only do that by winning practice first and then winning the game and then, you know, just taking everything one, one thing at a time and, and you'll look up and be in a good place. But um, someone had to change after Houston, and I think we got a good response out of that last night. Yeah, and you can only speak for yourself, but is there anything to, like, you guys have had so much success, all these regionals, super regionals, that, and I know you don't feel this way, but, like, does it creep in, like, all right, we're going to be at home again for a regional, we're going to be in another super, and maybe you take the foot off the gas? Like, do you have to remind yourself that it's not given to you type of thing? <laughs> uh, I think that it's very easy um for to look at that like i think it's i think it's easy to to be like oh like we're east carolina we yeah. we expect to be there so it's just going to happen but um the people that have the people that have been here for a long time and and the culture that we have um you know it is a it's an expectation to have success but you know it's pretty it's pretty special to be able to host as many times as we have in a row and uh, it's definitely a goal because you know there's no one on our team right now that's ever been a part of a losing season or that hasn't hosted a regional so right. which is pretty cool so that's almost like a uh it's almost just like a it's almost an expectation but it's not like a guarantee josh gross joining us josh uh, what's it like to see a guy a teammate hit three home runs <laughs> you're trying to avoid that as a pitcher but when it's your guy doing it it's pretty cool right yeah i would not like that as a pitcher but uh as a teammate it's pretty cool yeah uh, I, don't, I can't remember the last i don't think i've ever seen that in game like on you know on my own team first time since 2008 it's happened uh for a pirate Corey kemp really? was the last one ironically Corey kemp um got on jc on twitter last week for his home run celebration when the team was losing and had to come out last night on Twitter and say, "Okay, now you can you can celebrate." <laughs> um, and you know, we, I could bring this up again—the whole Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese thing that I everybody's that, freaking yeah. out about. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what's your stance on uh, guys going around the bases after hitting a home run? 
Um, I think it's it's a little kind of kind of understand the situation. I mean, if I had a home run, I'd be ecstatic. So. <laughs> Having said that, right. you told us right. you take your you know you right leave now if if we were you know if I hit a if I hit a game time or game winning home run, my reaction would probably be a little different than if I hit a home run and um, you know we had a big deficit or yeah. we were up a lot. Um, but you know, a lot of those times, those are things that that people do to get the crowd going, to get yeah. the teammates going, and and it's kind of a tradition to have like a celebration after a double or a home run. But um, you know, with the whole Caitlin Clark thing, I mean, that was kind of I, I don't know how much that was taken out of hand. I mean, it on on TV it looked a little obnoxious, but uh, they both came out and said that hey, there's no bad blood, like part of the game yeah i think as long as the people involved can handle it without violence or anything like all right well it's none of my business then y'all go for it there is i mean i think sportsmanship still kind of applies like sure one of the the girl for iowa said that she was like people in men's basketball have been celebrating and and doing hand gestures for years so like it's time that women need to as well and i didn't really see it like that i saw it more as like it's more of like taunting like you can celebrate all you want i mean you make a three-pointer throw your hands up in the air or whatever but there's a difference between like me looking you in the eye and you know kind of having some bad that's energy. a good point so that's true that, like i yeah. like I, I wouldn't strike out a guy on the first pit the first batter of the game and just stare him down and flip him off like look that, to like their I, I would, yeah. yeah like i mean there's that's just like inappropriate good point celebrate with your guys and right not against the yeah right uh john speaking of celebrations what do you think of carter cunningham's double <laughs> celebration it's electric. <laughs> it's, uh, he's got some moves. I love it. It's, you know where it's from? I do not. You're some Despicable Me? No. Oh, my. Uh, you know what? Somehow I didn't watch that one with my daughter. Well, that's the I first watched. thing you need to do. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then get back with me. But it's from it's from a it's from that movie. It's pretty funny. You ever seen Frozen? I love. Frozen. I've seen that a million times. When I was in like fifth grade. <laughs> Let it go. Um, Speaking of other things that have happened since we last saw you, uh, did you know you could get ejected after a game had ended? Like uh, Josh no. Mullen and Cliff I, Collins? I did not know that. I know <laughs> that now, I, We know it now, though. Yeah. That, that kind of fascinated me. Like, you're out of here. Like, right. Well, yeah, the whole team's out of here. Right. Like, like we're leaving. <laughs> we're out of here, dude. Uh, but, uh, and that was very, and we were talking about Josh earlier uh, today. He's such like a kind of soft-spoken like nice guy when we know him um and he he told us we had him right there in that seat he said he lost his head heat of the moment type of thing and showed up the ump a little bit uh but just one of those things and he certainly paid a price having to miss two games it's a pretty yeah. big punishment yeah for that so yeah i'm sure you know i'm sure uh that wasn't fun for josh to miss two games but um yeah <laughs> Yeah, just uh, don't get ejected. Right, Josh. right. I guess that would be my advice to you. All right, man. So uh, hopefully we get to see you start. If not, maybe out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. But uh, a lot of home games coming up for the Pirates. So um, are we it, home after next week? Yeah. So you got UCF at home. You got Old Dominion Cincinnati. midweek, and then Cincinnati. Okay. So a lot of nights in your own bed. Yeah, that's always good. A lot of chance to rack up some dubs here. Hopefully. Yeah. Josh, uh, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, there is Josh Groves, East Carolina pitcher. We will take a time out when we return. Uh, Ron Berenger going to join us. He, a lot of people say, Clip, when you're who's the other guy that does PA when you're not there? It is the Golden Pipes of Ron Berenger, <laughs> and uh, we'll get to know him because he actually does state baseball games as well. So uh, we'll talk about that dynamic as he called the game last night. Also, we'll make you a winner. More to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Roland Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group, offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, Cliff Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, back on YouTube and Facebook. That's awesome. Um, Shirley, uh, you might already have this. Emma says, Zach Agnos on Fresno Grizzlies A opening day roster as a pitcher. So, something for you to check uh, out let's there. Let's see. I know that I had Zach on my list. Yeah. Uh, we'll look into that. Shirley was, tries to keep tabs on all of our... Rookie league. Yeah. Uh, well, no. It wouldn't be. It would just say ACL if it was that. Uh, what was the name of that again? Fresno Grizzlies A opening day roster as a pitcher i don't know uh also the problem is major league ba- excuse me not major league baseball minor league baseball sometimes they do not update their databases so sometimes we have inaccurate information as yeah. to where these players are so sometimes i'd have to hunt them down now he was in the rookie league last year well, that means he's moved up to a ball so we're good with that the acl rockies team that he was on that is, that is the rookie league right yes all right and now he's so with now the Fresno he's, Grizzlies. Yeah, so Fresno Grizzlies, that's a ball, so he's been moved up. All right, there you go. Thank you, Emma, for passing that along to us. Eric says, I guess since the Pirates won a midweek game, they're allowed one player to have on the radio to get radio time. Don't get too cocky and think about eating dinner or sleeping afterwards. That goes back to last week where we said the guys need to focus on baseball and not talking or sleeping or eating. Uh, speaking of eating, Chandler, uh, I hated that you left uh, earlier in the show because everything went to H in a handbasket. Um, <laughs> the place burned down, and we had all kinds of issues. Build it back up. Look at this; it's beautiful. It looks great. But I'm glad that you left because you returned with some awesome food from Coco's. Yes. And I'm not saying this changed my life, but there certainly is a, a delineation now, a line my life before i had a coco's cheesesteak egg roll mm-hmm. and after i had a cheesesteak egg roll from coco's that thing is great was dynamite yes sir and i need more well you can get more they're actually in uh the old location of one of your favorite spots back in the day All professor time. o cools yep. uh and the big lot shopping center but i had to go over there uh right quick and record an on location that we'll have on our uh social media platforms but i went over there recorded with my good friend franco over at coco's and uh he wanted to cook up some wings and i said you mind putting some philly cheesesteak egg rolls on that plate too because that's one of my favorites i've been there for lunch uh, a few times and that's what i've gotten in the past and he said sure thing so we got that as a b-roll and uh, i said hey do you mind if i take this back (laughs) to the studio i said clip brock and shirley rhodes and the people at the at the studio will probably enjoy this and he was like sure thing so yeah but uh wait and then how many did you eat before you got here three 
Yeah, you, you came in here. You were like, "Hey guys, I got some wings and some cheesesteak egg rolls, but um, the, there's only a few egg rolls left, and they're my favorite." As if to say, "Don't eat any of those." And I was like, "Dude, I'm eating one of those." Yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of selfishly did not want you to eat. Any. <laughs> I wanted to make you feel like you couldn't, just so I could have them for myself. But I'm glad you. I only uh, have one. Well, there's two more left if you well, want Well, I ain't one. touching another one. You might bite my fingers off. So. No, but go check out Coco's. They have daily lunch specials. They're open at 11 o'clock, seven days a week in the old Professor O'Cool's um, location. And also a wing special, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, $1 wings all day long. Wow. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at Coco's Sports Bar. Nice. All right. Uh, earlier today... The Golden Pipes, the the man uh, you hear doing PA at Clark LeClaire uh, during a lot of midweeks and Friday games, Ron Berenger. You also hear him in Minji's for women's basketball and other sports as well. Uh, you heard him last night. He came by the Pirate Radio Studios and uh, just wanted to get to know him a little bit. A lot of people always ask me, who else is, is that doing PA when I'm not there? And uh, the answer is Ron. And, man, he's got a great voice. And uh, we talked – about the PA game and more earlier today. Let's hear that conversation right now. All right, joining us here in the Pirate Radio studios is Ron Berenger. A lot of folks have asked me, and you're probably wondering who is that, uh, who has the golden pipes up there at Clark LeClaire <laughs> Stadium for some ECU baseball games and other sports, and that is Ron Berenger, and he joins us here on Pirate Radio Live. Ron, thanks for uh, coming in and, and joining us. How you doing? Man, I'm good. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, and uh, love that voice uh, that we're hearing now, and you've heard it um, uh, amongst a lot of different athletic events at East Carolina and other places as well. So, Ron, uh, tell us about yourself, All right. I guess, uh, and before we get to the PA, uh, who are you? All right. Uh, what do you do and uh, and all that? All right. So um, I'm Ron Berenger, and I am actually from Washington, Little Washington. I was born and raised there, and um, it's still home. Uh, my wife is from, uh, her family is from Washington as well. And so um, that's my hometown. That's where I'm from. Uh, I live in, um, we live in Wake Forest. We moved up there about seven years ago. I've been married for 25 years, wow. just hit 25 years Congrats. on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Most expensive day of the year to get sure. married. Well, you took uh, two birds with one stone. You that's got right. the anniversary and the, the Valentine's. That's day. right. That's right. And we have one daughter. Uh, her name's Aurora. She's uh, 12. Okay. And, uh, Ron, your involvement with ECU Athletics, how did that come to be uh, with you doing PA announcing? Yeah, so um, in 2015, uh, the Marching Pirates uh, had placed a an, an ad on their Facebook page, uh, their alumni page, uh, that they were looking for a new PA announcer for the marching band. And I attended East Carolina back in 1989 uh, for a very short, brief period of time. And so um, the announcement said that they were looking for uh, a new PA announcer and they wanted to start with alumni first. Uh, I did. I marched with the uh, Marching Pirates and uh, then they would reach out to the public. So I reached out to uh, uh, Dr. Staub, who was the director at that time, and Gave him my name, told him a little bit about my background. I worked in radio for a long time. I started working in radio in high school, and I've, you know, always announced and did different things like yeah. that. And so I reached out to him, and he sent me a copy of a script, and he said, read this and send it back. And so I did and sent it back to him, and he invited me to come to uh, one of the practices for an audition, and he introduced me as the new announcer at the end of rehearsal that day. So that's how I 
got my foot in the door yeah. as far as PA here at East Carolina. And as you know, there are tons of athletics events sometimes running simultaneously, so they need uh, PA announcers, and, and I've been lucky enough to do some baseball, fill in for Morgan on some basketball, some volleyball, lacrosse, women's soccer, uh, across the board, and you yourself have done uh, a lot of those as well. So uh, I guess from there, they heard that voice. They were like, hey, we need to get that at more events. Is that how it all came to be for you? Pretty much. Uh, it's a lot like what you said about your own experience. Um, I, I had just made myself available. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I will take anything, <laughs> anything that needs to be covered. I would like the opportunity to do it. And that's how it started. I, too, uh, did some... Uh, after marching band, I did a weekend softball tournament. That was the next thing that I did. And then from there, it went into uh, women's soccer. Um, uh, you remember Jeff Diamond? Oh, when, absolutely. When, when, when yep. Jeff, uh, he and I used to work at a radio station together, yep. but, but, but when Jeff go. retired, uh, I got the opportunity to step into women's basketball. Mm -hmm. I've just finished up my seventh season with women's basketball. And then again, from there, like you say, uh, filling in for Morgan. Uh, what what an honor, man! I, I yeah. can never fill his shoes, but the opportunity to um, you know fill in for him, uh, and that's how it started. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, now NC State came to town yesterday, right? And, and you uh, you PA'd that baseball game, and that's I saw right. your Facebook post about. For any of you that know me, you know how big of a deal this is. Well, Absolutely. You, you do some NC State athletics as well, correct? Absolutely. I got the opportunity uh, at NC State to uh, do some PA. I started uh, doing softball, and then from there it led to I do PA for their women's volleyball, uh, gymnastics, and then I got the opportunity to do all of baseball at NC State. So I'm in my sixth season of doing PA for NC State baseball. So you do every game for I NC do, State? Right, oh, every wow. game okay. for NC State. Which is why you'll be here uh, some midweek games for ECU. Absolutely. The weekends, That's uh, right. In Raleigh. So you've seen yep. a lot of good, let's see, women's basketball here of late at East Carolina. For sure. And a ton of good baseball between ECU and NC State. Yep. And man, I was thinking about this too. We, I've done those games in the Keith LeClaire Classic with the two uh, teams not involving ECU playing and there's been 10 people there at the games. Right. And then I've done a super regional game against Texas and just the energy, the atmosphere. And I saw yesterday uh, you were PAing the second largest attended crowd ever at uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium. That's so, right. Man, the, the, and, you know, we're not in the batter's box or on the mound, but we, we still feel the energy up there, right? It's an awesome experience. I, I, I always say that we've got the best seat in the house. Definitely. And it was just mind-blowing last night. Again, you know, I'm... We pull for the Pirates at my house. Um, we pull for the Wolfpack at my house as well. And so uh, last night, it, it was just... I, I was not upset by either one that would have won. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. uh, man, the bats were hot last night. It was amazing. What what a great game. And like you say, just the atmosphere. Uh, three people shy of 6,000. Man. Uh, and, I mean, the jungle was like, what, five deep last night? It was just amazing in the atmosphere. Uh, hot bats, uh, balls flying out of the park. It was a great opportunity, and I, I just, I was humbled by it all, man. I really was. Yeah. Just the opportunity to be there, it, it's just mind blowing to me. Absolutely, I feel the same way. Ron Barons, you're joining us, Ron. Uh, so you've got that amazing voice. When did you know you wanted to do something in broadcasting, announcing? You mentioned radio work, PA. So uh, you, you've always had those pipes, I assume. When did you start to put them to good use? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, High school, I, I got the opportunity to work at a radio station 
Um, the old 93.3, when it used to be in Chocowinity. Mm-hmm. I'll drop that name for local <laughs> folk, Chocowinity. And so I started working there in high school. I worked on the AM side, uh, doing Sunday morning programming. And then I would do, uh, on the FM side, uh, some overnights and also a lot of the um, pre-recorded programs. I like to say I'm so old, I remember when AT40 was on record. <laughs> uh, it was on vinyl record. And so, um, but yeah, so it started in high school, uh, the opportunity to work on the radio. I did some public address for our basketball team when I was in high school, and that led into college as well. I worked in radio all through college. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Ron Barrage joining us. Ron, how about if you could... PA announced one sporting event. Uh, you get to, to pick whatever event you could choose. What would you do? World Series. Okay. All the Any way. Any particular team or teams? You know, uh, growing up in the South, um, uh, I was always a Braves fan mm-hmm. growing up. So uh, the opportunity to announce in the old Fulton County Stadium, <laughs> what an opportunity that would have been. I've, I, I've had I've had the, the pleasure and honor of uh, doing PA in a couple of different uh, stadiums. Uh, one highlight for me or that, that was a bucket list was the Naval Academy in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. I've actually done PA there on two different occasions. Wow. And I've PA'd in um, the stadium where the Panthers play. Uh, the first time was in 2015 and I was on the field and then the second time when we played there for the the Duke's Duke's Mayo Classic I guess a couple years ago I got to sit up in the press box and uh, PA from there it was interesting that the press box is not on the 50 yard line in uh, Charlotte so you did PA for ECU App State yeah for for the band I I, I did yeah not not for the game itself but I did uh, pregame and halftime for the band and then I also got to do pregame and halftime in uh, Birmingham this past uh, December oh, when, cool. when we went to uh, the bowl game. And I got to do some for the pep rally that night as well. So. Awesome. Got to see the Pirates uh, win a bowl game. Absolutely, man. What, what, what a huge win. That was just a great atmosphere all around. The opportunity to get to travel. Um, I've always been a – I'm a band person, man. I taught school band for years. I, You know, that's where I kind of found my safe harbor as a student was in the band room. That's awesome. And so I've been around it my whole life. Gave a lot of shout-outs to the pep band for basketball games this year. The, yes, the, yes. The drummer was awesome. Uh, uh, the, the the whole band was great. It was, uh, which it always is, but it felt like it had an uptick this year. That's so, right. I don't know. It, it was yep. awesome. Uh, Funny what winning does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was going to get to that, too. We, uh, we are able to, as you said, have the best seat in the house to really some good athletics and, and hopefully a, a renaissance here when it comes to ECU athletics because I mentioned the women's basketball team had to be fun watching Kim McNeil's team and the run they went on this year for you. Uh, you know, baseball, what they're doing. Uh, hopefully Shane Winkler with softball can get this team where he wants them and, and football, obviously. But how about the, the women's team? And you kind of saw them grow throughout the year. Absolutely. As I said, so this is my seventh season doing PA for uh, women's basketball. And, you know, like like you say, just the development development of the talent that's that's just continually coming in uh so solid i mean i mean what what can one say just to what my my i mean you know it's like it's just absolutely fantastic uh the you know just their their performance this year on the field um or, or i should say on the court uh, uh the experience that 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 i've had being um you know, just uh, at, at the table, working with them, opportunities that it's created for my family. You know, my so my, my daughter is a baton twirler, like okay. uh, like um, 
a featured or wants to be a featured twirler. She's in sixth grade, but she wants she's uh, she wants to be a chiropractor and she wants to be the featured twirler here at East Carolina. I love those goals. That's right, awesome. right. Yeah. And so it was just huge for her. She got her picture with Coach McNeil. Coach McNeil came out. Uh, she was performing at a basketball game. I'll be real real brief. I know that no, uh, we have good. time. And um, so she was practicing right outside of Coach McNeil's door downstairs. And Coach Coach McNeil came out and hugged her neck mm-hmm. and talked to her and got her picture. And then uh, my daughter got her picture with uh, Mai Mai and uh, several other basketball players. And that was just, you know, it makes a, it makes for a proud papa to see your kid out there performing. That is Way cool. to go, Aurora. Daddy <laughs> loves you. <laughs> and, Ron, I, I remember at the women's game, I'm glad you said Mai Mai because Amaya Joyner, great local talent, great player this year. During the, the games, you say Mai Mai on the microphone. And I, was, I, I thought that was cool. I was wondering, did, is that... Did you do that on your own? Did you ask, like, can I say nicknames? How'd that come to be? Well, it really was ask forgiveness and not permission. <laughs> okay, good. So, well, so it I, sounds great. It's, it gives you, I don't know, it gives it a more intimate feel. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so you, you know how we have our roster sheets? And it next it had Amaya and then in parentheses, Mai Mai Joiner. And I just saw it and I just started calling her Mai Mai. And it just, the way it rolls off my tongue, you know, when she, uh, you know, uh, is on the boards and crashing the boards. And so it, it, it just kind of stuck, and nobody came and said, hey, we need you to call her Amaya. Yeah. And so it just stayed my, my. Uh, that's awesome, and it, it makes it, it, it kind of, that family atmosphere, uh, it, I don't know, it, it's something about it makes you feel closer to the team, to the players, when you get into the nicknames like that. And things. Sure. So I thought it was cool uh, hearing yep. it well, inside I do too, of and, uh, Like I say, until they say stop, yeah. she's got to Oh, it's a thing mind. now. Yeah, it's, right. uh, it's official now. Uh, so Ron got some inclement weather coming up with uh, Pirate Baseball spring game this weekend. So uh, you're going to be on the call on Thursday for a couple against UCF? That's right. Um, I got the call this morning that um, tomorrow's going to be a doubleheader. Uh, first game starts at 2, and then the second one will be behind it. And I believe game 3 is scheduled for Friday. I don't think they've set the time yet. But I'll be there for all three. Awesome. Well, looking uh, forward to it. I, man, I, I love Pirate Baseball. It's fun. It's it uh, sure it's awesome is. to be up there and uh, to see them winning, of course, is, uh, makes it even more fun. For sure. Uh, so, Ron, how about, uh, I don't know, you, you've talked about a lot of your interests and those being sports and band and things like that. Uh, anything else we should know about you? What else are you uh, interested in? I think that pretty much covers it, man. <laughs> um, I love the opportunity to uh, to do PA. Oh, I got one thing. So I am. I just picked up a new uh, a, a, a new gig, if you will. I'm going to be the new public address announcer for the Carolina Mudcats. Awesome. I was going to ask you about minor league baseball. Maybe once. Uh, College baseball has ended. But there's not a ton of time, but it's but you found. Uh, and you know what? I saw Hayes Permar was no longer going to be doing that. Yeah, he and, retired. Yeah, great to see you uh, getting that job. That's yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm excited. I, I have a we we have mutual a, a mutual friend. So last summer I did public address for the um, Holly Springs Salamanders in the Coastal Plain League. Mm-hmm. And so a gentleman that I uh, worked with over there is friends with uh, some of the guys at. Um, the Mudcats, and I got an email. I guess maybe about six weeks ago, and uh, and it was someone has given us your name, uh, and we're looking for a new public address announcer. If you have interest, will you send us a resume and some samples of your work? And so I did, and you know th- they called me in to come, as as they say, get on the mic. <laughs> and so I I went and I did it, and you know they offered me the position right there on the spot. And man, I, I'm just. I'm humbled by it all, man. Yeah. I, I look back from, you know, where I started, all that I've done, and I'm I'm just grateful for the opportunity, man. It's like I say, it's the best seat in the house. 
and it's awesome. I'm yeah. looking forward to the Mudcat season. I, I start uh, next Wednesday. What, I'm grateful as they they've agreed to work with me to let me finish out the college right. season as well. So. Yeah. So I'm grateful about that. You can hear them in uh, Raleigh and Greenville and now Zebulon, Zebulon. Uh, coming right. up soon. Uh, yep. The Golden Pipes of Ron Berger. Yep. And uh, glad you could hear them right here on Pirate Radio. Because, uh, again, I ask, get asked a lot, you know, who else does PA and, and who's who's that guy with the great voice? And the, that's, that's Ron it's, here. Uh, it, it's the face <laughs> for radio. Can I hey, talk? One, I'm right there with you. There you go. We'll paddle the boat. <laughs> one, one more thing I would like to say. Um, again, I'd like to thank you, Clip, for the opportunity to come in today, man. It's an honor. Uh, you and I, we've known each other now for several years uh but man it truly truly is an honor for me i still a lot of times i feel like a little kid when i see people that i know in person and when i see them on on or hear them on the radio and see on tv and just all of the guys and and ladies that's been through here one more thing i got the opportunity to uh pa last year last july as i said my daughter twirls baton and so we went to uh the baton nationals that's held at notre dame in south bend and so i got the opportunity to uh do some public address at notre dame last summer so that was what, that was what, another bucket list that was pretty cool was that in the arena in the arena okay yep, yeah. yep, yep. awesome i i quick story so we got there on that monday and i, I just kind of walked right into the arena and was standing out in the middle of the clover and was taking pictures and all of a sudden like four security guys came <laughs> there, who are you what are you doing here and um well it sounds like you're a big ask for forgiveness not uh permission guy I just, and i like that about you right. Ron. that's good yeah 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 you know just you, do it and see what happens you got right? it i have this philosophy of you're gonna have to tell me no yeah i'll accept <laughs> it but you're gonna have to tell me sure no. yeah yeah you gotta say it uh, you gotta tell me no there otherwise go. i'm gonna push hard ron uh, awesome stuff man great to, to chat and get to know you a little better and well, uh Cliff. keep up the great work on the mic uh out in greenville and, and certainly raleigh and uh zebulon and maybe we'll uh we'll hear you this summer for some mudcats baseball as well look forward to it if you come to a mudcats and we'll get you up in the press box all That'd right be fantastic man. ron thank we'll you so you much dog. yeah and uh we'll talk to you again down the road thanks thank you for the opportunity again all right, Ron Berenger, uh, great to chat with him and a uh, great voice on that guy that you've heard at a lot of East Carolina sporting events. Let's uh, open up the booty bag, Shirley Rhodes, and make somebody a winner. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250, the number to call. What are we giving away on this lovely Wednesday? How about uh, lunch for two at tiebreakers? Lunch for two at Tiebreakers can be yours if you are caller number 10. Caller 10, 317-1250. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead to skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's a sub above. And congratulations to Preston Morgan of Robertsonville 
Pick up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bells Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, wrapping things up here on a Wednesday. Thanks to Ken Wadlington for joining us on the show, along with Patrick Mason, Josh Groves, and Ron Berenger. Charlie Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, Clip Rock here. Eric on YouTube says the Mudcats have the best logo hat in the minors. The Bulls may be more more iconic, but Mudcats take the crown. Yeah, fight me. All right, no need to fight about it. Now, when I think about it, my love for minor league hats might have began with the Mudcats, just seeing that as a kid and getting that one. I remember I had the Hickory Crawdads as a youth that I was a big fan of. Um, but the Mudcats may have started my love for minor league hats, which I'm wearing one today, courtesy of a listener who sent this bad boy in. And I couldn't tell you what the heck it is, but it's uh, pretty funky. Uh, Eric says, fun fact, the Mudcats have a quick cameo cameos in the Rookie and Space Jam. All right, Eric, what do you do? Work for the Mudcats? Relax, bro. Speaking of the Durham Bulls, you know, they're bringing back that uh, that classic Durham Bulls jacket that you would have seen in um, Bull Durham. Bull Durham, thank you. Um, uh, they are bring they restocked it. Apparently, the, the first batch of jackets that they put out uh, sold out immediately. So they just uh, announced on Twitter that they had restocked those jackets. And that's a classic look, too. That's that, that old retro look that I kind of. I, I don't necessarily say that I like the logo, but I think the jackets are pretty cool. Uh, they were rocking some throwbacks that I retweeted over the weekend that were awesome looking. Loved them. Speaking of throwbacks, real quick, the Lake County Captains, um, I was just reading on Twitter, they're trying to um, enhance your experience at the ballpark. They have built and opened a retro 80 style arcade <laughs> in their ballpark. Yeah, I thought I mean, that was pretty cool. And this is minor league baseball has always been this way, but like all sports are going to have to think of some ways to get people to go to games now that it's so expensive, now that TVs are so great, you can sit at home and watch. So that, I like that outside the box thinking. It's a well, good I mean, idea. You got kids that have like kid zones. Why yeah. not have an adult zone? That's like a dad, mom zone. Oh, that's yeah. a total dad zone. That's awesome. Or adult zone. Um, Quick on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Braves beat the Cardinals 5-2. Atlanta's 5-1 on the year. Yeah, he had to throw that in. We got us a team. Pirates beat the Red Sox today, Shirley. How do you lose to the damn Pirates? Save that. Not that that one. Save that sound effect. (laughs) We can play that a lot. Not those Pirates. The other Pirates. And Chandler, your team is a loser as well. They lose uh, Nats to the race 7-2. Dang it. There you go on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. We will talk to you Thursday. Be doing a little uh, watch-along action and talking to Jeff Nadeau. Ellerby will join us. Brandon Manning, name that sound, all coming up on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Talk to you Thursday at 3 for Shirley Chan. I'm Clip Brock. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.